following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, how are we doing? We're good. We're back. We got uh, we had took a couple weeks, and uh, we're back in the saddle here again today. Uh, lots of news around the league over the last couple of weeks. We've had a, a hell of a time. A um, lot of lot of moves. A lot of holdouts. Guys holding out of those contracts. Man, we've been seeing that a lot. The two um, big ones still kind of holding out and not budging. Yep, and the, the Aaron Rodgers saga continuing. we got a lot going on around this league. OTA starting up, mini camps and all that crazy stuff starting and, and up. Watson's been quiet. Yeah, yeah, lots of quiet stuff. The, yeah, the, the stuff about Deshaun Watson has been very quiet, but it seems as though more and more of those cases are falling off the cliff all of a sudden. The the uh, the people who have, who have been... Uh, who originally were accusing are now starting to drop said cases. They've had a number of them fall off. Um, so, and, and they, they said, Hey, you don't have a case here anymore. We have this. So and, unless I heard he still wants to be traded. Yep. He still wants out of there and he might very well get out of there, but we, it's been very, very quiet, which is remarkable to me um, in this situation. Um, but we do have some news around the league. We got my 10 bold predictions, which I, I think I came up with some pretty good ones. Some pretty um, and and they're multi-layered. The thing I like about that is that that gives you that gives you that means you chickened out. No, no, I didn't chicken out. No, no, no. I I not only did I make them multi-layered, but I went even bigger on a lot of them, um, which I I thought was it was a pretty solid thing. And one of them is very very bold, um, involving the Super Bowl. So I'm I'm going to to be very proud of those predictions moving into this. Um, but first and foremost, Tyler. We've got some more Aaron Rodgers fun. Don't we always? Always. Always. Um, so Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to opt out of the 2021 season. And uh, he had to do it, I think, by July 2nd. He had, he had to. And he did not opt out. And, and they said he would opt out, you know, for the COVID reasons. You know, oh, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers doesn't need the money, so he doesn't really care. But he doesn't opt out. He still intends to play. My question for you is, will he play for the Packers? Um, and then additionally, he, he wears a, a shirt that says, I'm offended um, on live TV after the team president, Mark Mil- Murphy, uh, says things that could be construed as sort of shade throwing there, um, saying that he's an, an interesting guy or a different kind of guy or something along those lines. But he wears a shirt on, on TV, says, I'm offended. Um, not a day after the whole thing. So everybody may be reading too far into it. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. But Aaron Rodgers, um, Tyler hit me. Does he Does he play for the Packers this year? I think he sticks to his guns and doesn't play. I mean, and apparently he is preparing for the season. They said he's out there. And like, he's not in camp or anything. He's still holding out a mini camp. This is a, a big, drawn-out thing. It's like, it's like a game of, of contract chicken between the two of them. And I don't understand what in the hell is going on. Um, I don't know if Rodgers is going to take the field as a Packer. I don't know if he's going to get traded. I don't know if he's going to hold out. The Packers have said, we're not trading him. 
But then if Rodgers holds out, I don't know that he's going to cost himself all that money either. I mean, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of variables involved here. Um, I think they trade him, to be honest with you. I think the Packers are going to wind up having to relent here and say, hey, we can't get this guy to take the field. Nah, this game of chickens, we're starting to get really close to the collision part. Yeah, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and and I don't know that, that Rodgers is going to... Like, it's going to get to the point, I, what I think, week one's going to roll around and Rodgers is going to trot out on that field in a Packers uniform and then plop his ass on the bench and say, no, nah, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> Tell him he's going to play. Yeah. He's going to sit morning of. Yeah. He's just going to be like, nah, I'm just going to go sit my ass down on the bench. To hell with you. I mean, he could, I mean, realistically, as long as he's there, he could do that. I mean, the Packers might fine him, but I mean, he, he, <laughs> he has a 17 week long flu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I, I could, I could honestly see Aaron Rodgers doing something like that at this point. And he does not want to play there. And he's already held out of minicamp. They've already fined him for that. I mean, what? You don't care. No, he doesn't care. He's got millions of dollars. I mean, he doesn't give a shit. He, it's it's fascinating to me. This whole thing is fascinating, and and I do have a prediction involving Aaron Rodgers. Um, but yeah, I I you know uh, I am uh, pretty excited about it. Now, uh, next up, you got Andrew Whitworth of the Rams. He's planning to retire after the 2021 season. He also goes out and says nothing short of a Super Bowl and winning it is good enough. Are the Rams the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl in the NFC? Tyler, what do you got? Uh, I think right now they probably are, but there's a lot of teams that have a chance to really uh, be right there with them. Yeah. I think the AFC is probably still a little stronger with its main core of uh, contenders. Yeah, I'm with you on but that. You have, but you have a few teams that are more on the rising portion in the NFC. Yeah, the NFC right now, they for a while, the NFC was pretty strong You with the Saints and all these other teams that were, were still hot and always hot, the Seahawks. Um, you, now you got the Cardinals on the rise. You got the Vikings coming back, trying to put it all back all together here. Um, I mean, the Packers are starting to hit the downslope. The Saints are starting to hit the downslope. You know, you, you, Seattle, but, you think they're on the downslope, yeah, but you but never know. You they, never they, know. They always make us look stupid. Yeah, they every year we say Seattle is falling apart and everything's gonna just you know get destroyed, and then they just makes come Pete Carroll one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, really. yeah, it does. Uh, Arizona is on the upswing. You got, uh, I mean, the Niners are kind of a hit or miss type of thing. The last two years were rough, but two years ago they were in a Super Bowl. You know, so I we don't know if the Niners, if it was just a... Well, last year was rough. The year, year before they were in the Super Bowl. Oh, so yeah. One right. off year. Yeah. Um, the Buccaneers right now are, are hot and high and mighty right now. Uh, as long as Brady's as around. As Brady's um, healthy and, and continues to play at a decent level yep I mean there's there are things there are a lot of variables as far as the NFC goes I, I think the the Rams are, are still a strong team but to be honest with you looking at like their their I look took a look at their roster and I, I looked at particularly on defense and I know Aaron Aaron Donald makes you know a world of difference and I know they got Ashawn Robinson over there who's great and they, they I mean they only have one good linebacker over there that's one thing I noticed they have one good linebacker. The rest of them are a eh, bunch of nobodies. And they don't have a starting free safety right now with John Johnson gone. So I'm, I'm kind of, um, I, I've got concerns about the, the Rams defense that was the number one defense last year. Uh, they, they haven't really 
added any amazing pieces to that situation. But it's possible that, that they that they feel that they have homegrown talent able to jump into the mix. And that, you see a lot of teams do that. Yeah, and that, that may be very possible. I, I, I look at the, the Rams, and Morgan Fox isn't there now. You know, he was a big part of last year for them and the year before that. Uh, I, I just... There's questions about the the Rams right now, the LA Rams, and I I think I think they they I don't know if they're a favorite, but they're one of the better teams in the NFC, which is surprising mm. given how their roster looks. And I was like, man, you know, did they do anything? I don't remember them doing much. And they obviously didn't have very many draft picks. Um, <laughs> I mean, they've they've pissed away all their first rounders. So I mean, there's there's questions about it, but the Rams they're they're looking apparently Super Bowl or bust is is what everybody's saying. So we're gonna see if the Rams, Rams come out. Over, what's a draft? Yeah, they yeah they don't care about the draft. They don't give a shit about all that. Um, next up, the uh, we had a series of fines go out, um, which I just found fascinating. So first of all, the Jaguars, Cowboys, and 49ers all get fined for OTA violations for whether wearing pads or making contact. Uh, incidental contact in one instance. I mean, some of these OTA violations, I mean, I, I part of it's the player association's fault. You know, I understand it's a union. I understand the union makes their own rules and whatever the case may be, and this is what we want. And Okay, cool. But, man, I mean, to then these weren't like small fines. These were like a couple million bucks each. I mean, they, they were good-sized fines for OTA violations. But to a team, a couple million is still not that much. Yeah, well, and they were fining, like, everybody. They were fining coaches. They were fining, you know, front offices. They were fining, I, I mean, everybody was getting fined in this situation. It seemed like it was just a big cash grab for the league at one point. But they all three of them get, get fined for the OTA violations. But the bigger story as far as fines go um, the NFL recently la- launched an investigation into the Washington football team's allegations of workplace misconduct, including bullying and harassment. Um, in- they interviewed 150 people. They interviewed Dan Snyder twice. Um, the Washington football team was fined $10 million for the found misconduct, particularly as it pertained to the harassment, uh, both sexually and otherwise, um, and bullying. Um, Dan Snyder's wife, Tanya Snyder, is now acting as the co-CEO of the Washington football team in light of all of it and to help create a more diverse workplace that is considered safer for women. Uh, this is just, I feel like this is like par for the course for Dan Snyder and company here. How is he still owning this team? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, like, in, to on one end, on one end, I'm like, okay, like, you know, Dan Snyder has has dealt with a lot of bullshit. Um, the, the the league has been on his ass for years now. I mean, it's been like five, six years, and they've been after him nonstop. And all these these civil rights groups have been after him for the. I mean, the football team name versus the, you know, the Redskins versus the. You know, now they're talking about, and they're going to be unleashing that new name soon. By the way, whatever, starting what, next season. Yeah, whatever it is, they're they're gonna they're gonna be. And they say they're going to unleash it starting next season, but they're uh, supposed to announce it sometime in the next few months. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what it is. I mean, well, they're supposed to have done it for this season. But. Yeah, but I, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I, Dan Snyder has just been, I mean, hammered on, hammered on by this league for years now. I mean, whether it's uh, sexual harassment made by front office members, whether it's now harassment and bullying of the women in the office place and intimidation, uh, the the stuff with the Redskins, him saying, I'm not changing the team name, and him being called a racist and all this other stuff. I'm fascinated, 
fascinated by Dan Snyder still being an owner of this football team. Like, at a certain point, if I was Dan Snyder, I'd be like, yeah, to hell with it. I'll sell the thing. And just go on with your life. You probably should. Yeah, just be done. I mean, if you're if you're not, I mean, I wouldn't even be having a good time at that point if I was Dan Snyder. I'm really not. Straight up not having a good time. So they get fined $10 million. Um, I mean, for Dan Snyder, he's a pretty wealthy dude, obviously. I mean, it's not, that's like chump change to him, even if it's 10 mil. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, he's, he owns a billion-dollar football franchise for Christ's sake. So I mean, he's he's going to be just fine. But my God, huge investigation. Um, and I don't know how his wife. It, I mean, really, it, it almost seems like a, uh, a conflict of interest having her as as the co CEO. Like, how is yeah. this? How is this going to do anything? You know, like she's basically in the guy's back pocket. Is she not? I, I think it's kind of a if the chance that uh, Snyder stepped down is like, oh well. Yeah. Because of Tanya. Yeah, yeah, here she is. So that's uh, what's going on in that world. Um, also, I kind of hope now that uh, like he has stepped down and she just kind of goes, you stepped down? Well, I, <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> Takes now, the team. Yeah, but now, now, in this current situation, now take a look. The NFL approves allowing teams to wear alternate helmets during the, during the season. They approve that. Um, I think that starts in 2022. Is it not, or is it for this season? I thought it was this season. It right? might be for this season. But, uh, I mean, okay, here's a question. Do the, the Washington football team, do they start wearing Redskins helmets now? No. <laughs> I mean, really? Not going to happen. Is that going to happen? Like, Dan Snyder's going to look at that and be like, hell yeah, and he's just going to throw on Redskins helmets. Or they, they just, like, do they, they it's, it's like the, the, the silhouette of the Redskins logo, but it's just, like, completely. Completely, you can't see what's on it. Yeah, it's just the W over the top. <laughs> it's just it's just like, like a straight one color, so you can't you can't even tell what it is, but you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's I. I like, oh, it's our color rush. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> that's horrible. It's horrible. It is. Uh, it's it's really bad. Dan Snyder. God, what a fucking dirtball. Um, now we we do have some some signings that went around the league. The big one I want to go over and and. You and I were just talking about it before we went on the air. Uh, the Saints extend right tackle Ryan Ramzik to a five-year, $96 million deal, 19.2 per season. That is a lot of money for a right tackle. It is. And, we're, and, and this is right on the heels of uh, uh, Orlando Brown wanting to get traded so we can get paid like a left tackle. And here yep. we are, a right tackle getting paid. Well, I mean, it's... I mean, it's Ramzik. Yeah. He, <laughs> do, here's the question. Does, does that signing... It shouldn't because it's Ramzik. But does that signing um, raise the bar for what our left tackle is going to want? Well, yeah, and that's the question of the day. Now, Ramzik is one of the top right tackles in the league. I think a lot of the left tackles right now are getting close to to that number. Um, and I guess Ramzik's contract, he has an incentive for moving to left. So, I mean, there's an incentive-laden contract if he kicks to left. Um, but he he's... He, he's got, uh, I mean, I understand. He's basically the best right tackle in the league at this point. I mean, I don't think anybody can can debate that. There's not a lot of people that, that hold a candle to the guy. No. But um, 19.6, this is big news for other right tackles around the league that are looking to get that contract, particularly after a COVID season where, you know, so many guys had to take one-year deals and one-year prove-it deals. Now these guys are entering contract years. They're going to be asking big money for that right tackle position, um, and and I think Ramzik's worth the money. I'm surprised the Saints actually could make that happen. Nineteen point two per. I mean, given the circumstances and given the fact that they had to dig themselves out of a ninety-seven million dollar hole. 
They did it though. I don't Holy know. Holy crap. Yeah, and and they probably had to backload that deal, obviously. Oh, I'm sure. <clears throat> and they'll probably have to restructure down the line, given their circumstances. But I'm amazed by the fact that they were able to dig themselves out of a $97 million hole and then get a $19.2 million per year contract done. Fascinating to me. Um, so there's, there's that extension. And a guy that's going to benefit from that extension, um, I think the Vikings are currently working on extensions for right tackle Brian O'Neill. And for safety, Harrison Smith. Now, O'Neal, he's coming off his, he's in a contract year in his rookie deal, right? He's going to be looking at that going, hmm, now is he Ramzik? No. I think O'Neal's been one of the better and more consistent right tackles in this league, though. He's one of the Vikings' top, he is the Vikings' top offensive yeah, line. If I'm get, you're probably looking at, what, 13, 14? Yeah, 13, 14, 15 mil. I think O'Neal's worth about that. I wouldn't be surprised if he got 15. He's one of the top guys around. Vikings right now have have a decent amount of cap wiggle room. Uh, surprisingly, they were in the hole going into the off season. They come out and right now they're sitting at around fourteen million. So the Vikings um, they they are working on the extensions for O'Neill and Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is going to be an interesting one though. Where it you know he's thirty two years old I think now. Uh, Harrison Smith he's got ten point two million dollars that he's due this year as far as his salary cap goes, but there's no guaranteed money right now in his contract. He has no signing bonus. It's all salary. Harrison Smith, if he gets the extension, they're going to bring that number down for this year, which basically means the Vikings are going to create more cap space, mm-hmm. which, I mean, these guys are are salary cap gurus at this point. The fact that they've maneuvered it so well, and you started with negative $6 million, and right now you're sitting at fourteen, and you're able to make all of these signings that they've made this offseason, it's fascinating to me. Um, Harrison Smith deal needs to get done. I think the Vikings would be really good to do that. And Brian O'Neill, that's another deal that needs to get done. He's been so consistent and so good for them. Um, so they're they're trying to get those extensions done. Um, but one thing the Vikings did do is they went out and made a signing of Sheldon Richardson for a one-year $3.6 million deal. This one's weird to me. It's weird. Here's the thing. So the Vikings, when they signed their two defensive tackles and Dalvin Tomlinson and they brought back Mike Pierce, um, those are big boys. And they were talking about one being a three-tech. And now Sheldon Richardson's looking like he's going to come in and be a rotational defensive tackle. They have an embarrassment of riches at that defensive tackle position. I'm a little fascinated by the fact that they brought back Sheldon Richardson in the way that they did. Um, But it's a low deal for a guy who according to Pro Football Focus, was one of the best defensive tackles in the league. It's a low year. deal. I'm just gonna, I'm going to be curious in how they finagle having the three big boys yeah. with the left-end position. Right. Um, Daniil's at right, correct? Well, Daniil's at left-end. Ta- oh, he's, he's at left-end. So, he's so, so left the, the right-end position is open right now. Um, and how, and how it could mean that you're, you're going to have a slower right side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing. So they're they're planning on using him as a rotational defensive tackle. Now, if you go to the right defensive end, um, there's there's a battle going on between you know you have Stephen Weatherly that's with the Vikings right now. He came he came back to us after after uh, Carolina. You know they had uh, a couple of rookies. This Janarius uh, Robinson, I think his name is. He he got drafted this year. So they've got guys that are are um, battling for that defensive end position. With the Vikings having the cap room that they have, and if they do these extensions and they get them done right, they could be looking at a situation where they make a big move at right defensive end. One guy that says he wants to come back is 
Everson Griffin has been talking about that. Now, to be honest with you, I don't want Everson Griffin back on this football team. <laughs> um, I would ra not, rather not have to worry about the distractions that come with Everson Griffin right now. A um, few years back, you know, he was wielding a gun in a hotel lobby, um, making issues in the hotel itself. He wound up getting out of bed in the middle of the night, running around his neighborhood, trying to break into to, um, one of his teammates' houses. I mean, just a mess, you know, and, and then he went on Twitter and said, Kirk Cousins is ass, you know, that's what you want, the guy coming in and saying something like that about your starting quarterback. I mean, I like Everson Griffin's play. He has a wicked spin move. He's fast off the edge, and that's great. He's got a great first step. But is he worth the distractions and the instability that comes with an Everson Griffin? No. When I see a guy like Olivier Vernon, fresh off an Achilles injury, that you can sign for a cheap prove-it deal and get him back, I want to know. You know, and that's that's what we're we're kind of dealing with here with the Vikings, and and I think that's what they're gonna they're gonna find out is is who their right end is going to wind up being in the free agency. It's just curious to me because you got, you got, there's a few teams that could use an end, and there's guys like Justin Houston mm -hmm. and Terrell Suggs still available. Justin Houston has actually been linked to the Vikings. And the Ravens as well. Yep. So, I mean, he's he's out there fishing, and we're going to see what, what exactly they do. Um, speaking of the Vikings defensive line, Daniil Hunter did agree to a restructured deal. Hunter returns to minicamp. Um, Mike Zimmer says he looks great after his neck surgery. They signed him to a, a prove-it deal. I love this deal. It's a two. They, they take his third year, they wipe it out, and they move that money into this season. So Daniil Hunter set to make about $20 million this year. And what they're going to do is they have the opportunity, if Daniil Hunter plays well, they, can, they, they basically gave him a, a one-year deal with a one-year option. If, if he plays well this season, they can bring him back next year. If he doesn't play well next, this upcoming season, then they have until, I believe it's July 1st, to let him go for no cost, for, for no penalty. I think this is a fascinating deal. I thought it was a smart deal on the end of Hunter to get paid like he wants to get paid. I think it was a good deal by the Vikings to say, hey, I want to see if you look good this year and if your neck surgery healed up, if your neck healed up correctly and if everything is right. And if you look at it, are you having problems? Yeah, whoever messed my mic messed, messed it all up. Oh. Someone's going to get these hands. Oh. <laughs> anyway. But uh, I thought that was a smart deal by the Vikings, bringing Daniel Hunter back on that two-year deal. It was smart. I totally agree. And and it, it was and they, they didn't kill themselves cap-wise. They didn't do anything ridiculous. And it allows them, if they want to bring him back on that one-year option, it allows the Vikings to go ahead and re-sign him to a long-term extension. So I, I, this is smart, and, and, and Hunter gets exactly what he wants. Everybody gets what they want in this situation. I was thrilled when I heard about that deal. And he looks good in camp right now. We'll see how he does during the season. But having him back on the field after not having him last year, the Vikings are, are pretty excited And after their defense looked horrible last year. Um, and last thing in Vikings land, the Vikings rookie sixth-rounder, uh, defensive end Jalen Twyman, who who we actually said was a steal in mm -hmm. the sixth round, um, he was shot four times while visiting his mom. I guess he said wrong place, wrong time. He was at a club, I guess, he out in North Carolina, got shot four times. He's expected to make a full recovery. Um, that sucks because the right end position is so up for grabs right now. Yeah. That's got to suck. 
I mean, it's a, you have you have three guys right now competing for it, and one of them just got shot four times. You know, like, and this is everybody seemed to like this guy. You know, he's he's um, he's so grateful to be in the NFL, even if he's being chosen in a sixth round on a low money deal, and then the guy goes out and gets blasted four times. Um, interesting situation there. Now, uh, moving on to your boys. Your boys, the Ravens, their cornerback, Jimmy Smith, he's playing on a one-year prove-it extension. He says he would rather retire than play anywhere else but Baltimore. Thoughts? He's still playing at a fairly high level. I I, I like having him around, especially when he's not – he doesn't got to be relied as the one, two, or even uh, slot guy for the most part. little injury prone lately. Um, He's getting older, too. Yeah. Um, But the, the fact that he's, he's willing to play Baltimore only tells me that he could he, – you could see him stick around for a couple more years because he's been – because all his contracts have been these one-year deals every year, mm-hmm. so I think he's willing to play until Baltimore is done paying him. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Baltimore and they—they're so good. I mean, he's what 32, 33 now. He's—he's he's getting into those those low thirties areas now. Um, he's starting to hit the the back end, but he's uh, he still plays at a high level when he's there. I mean, he, he's thirty-two. I mean, I'd be—I wouldn't be surprised if they kicked him to safety. I mean, they got him playing corner. I mean, why not kick him? To, I mean, I understand you guys got to have some good safeties there. Yeah, we got Elliott and, and uh, Frick. I can't think of his name. Clark? Clark. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they're they it's an interesting situation as far and, as that goes. And Baltimore's got such an embarrassment of riches at corner. Yeah, at the corners. Their defensive backs have always been top-notch. It's the best it's really ever been right now. But, but yeah, they've always had – because. That J- Jimmy Smith's heyday it was the Jimmy Smith and uh, um, Web show. Yep. So I mean they they've got some some solid guys there and and obviously you know Baltimore may be in a situation where he might become a, a cost cutting measure, and if he does become a cost cutting measure, then Jimmy Smith may be retiring after this yeah. year. I but, mean, depending on where you guys but are. But for the time phase. being, I think any team would love to be able to say that you, that your fourth corner. Is Jimmy Smith right? And and Lamar right now is is in the midst of Lamar Jackson obviously signing in a new deal or trying to get a new deal done with his mom as his agent. Fascinating to me. It is. It's it's interesting. It tells me that that they're that Lamar is willing to to um sign for something reasonable. Yeah, I, I. But I could be completely wrong on that too. Yeah, mom could be kicking and screaming, going, "Give me them millions." Yeah, you know? <laughs> very well could. But with Dak, here's the question of the day. With Dak getting signed to 40, do you do you think Lamar is going to go after? I mean, this is a guy that recently was a league MVP. I mean, do you think that he's going to be asking that that Mahomes money? You know, I was just talking about this the other day. And uh, if the Ravens don't win the Super Bowl, I think he signs for about 40. Yeah. Well, okay, his, not what he signs for, but his value would be about 40. Right. If he wins, you're talking it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's, it's gonna Patty dwarf Mahomes. it's gonna dwarf Mahomes. Yeah, just because of the year. You think it'll dwarf him? I mean, it's... just because of the year, it shouldn't. But I think it being a well, the cap being down might change some things too. But I, well, no, if he wins Super Bowl, I think it'll be about forty eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's gonna dwarf Mahomes, but I mean, and and the interesting things about the Mahomes deal is so Mahomes got that big money deal, good for him. But then like he basically had to restructure the whole thing the year later. He got, see, he, I mean, he got it. It's like, oh, 50 million a year. Great. And then the the Chiefs realized, oh, shit, we got to, we got to resign some people. I, mean, and I, I, I some think moves. he's still getting it all. It's just a lot more backloaded. Yeah, it's backloaded. And a lot of the guaranteed money went out the door. It became a lot of salary cap 
lot of lot of cap, a lot of lot of um, you know base salary stuff. Because so. next year's Lamar's fifth year option. Right. Um. There's a lot of talk that they're they're going to re- try to resign him through this season and uh, utilize next year to put some of the cap they're going to be giving him into next season. Which would be smart. That'd be a, a very smart move. Um. And then they could they would. So if he signs like an eight year deal, it would be a nine year deal because you're just moving cap around. Yeah, wiggling it around a little bit. And actually, that would bring his yearly number down, down. because I mean, if, on his fifth year, I think the the. Uh, the average is around twenty to twenty-two in that department on a fifth-year option. Yeah, I think it's twenty-two. Yeah, so I mean, if if you're talking that, and then they you kick around, let's say ten million in cap space, or even fifteen in cap space, and make it thirty-five, you know, for year one, then you're like, okay, this this isn't this is a reasonable deal for him, thirty-five, and then. Make the rest of the years around that thirty-five to thirty-six, thirty-seven year or thirty-seven million amount. I think that's pretty fair for Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think it'd be more than fair, and and that'd be a number that he that he'd be taking up. It, it feels weird saying pay cut that that level level of number, but he'd be taking less than he could be asking for. Right, and I think it, on a yearly basis he would be taking less, but I think a lot of it would probably require more guaranteed money for him realistically yeah just to just to make sure that like you know okay if i'm going to take a less yearly amount what if i get hurt you know at that point to hell with it i want more guaranteed money on my contract you're going to pay me my guaranteed money so that way he's got a low end i see and it's going to be it's going to be like another game of chicken between uh josh allen lamar and uh a baker is who's going to Who's going to pull pull the trigger on the contract first? Because it's going to change everything. Yeah, and I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy asking. Probably the you know even though he shouldn't. If I see I see Baker Mayfield as a guy that's going to be asking for the most money out of all of them. And he should get the least of the three. I agree. I agree. He should get the least. Because I think Baker owes another season to show that he can be the well, guy. Josh Allen kind of too in a way. Yeah, but um, not as much as Baker because Baker's Baker's shown that he's had bad seasons right um josh allen really only had one bad he's josh allen's been an upwards trend yeah his rookie season wasn't great um but baker had the good season bad and now back up so i want to see consistency out of baker baker's a little erratic whereas josh allen has has just been climbing it's been climbing so i'd be i'd be comfortable signing josh allen to, to the big dollar yeah i'm with you on that. lamar as well now, also with the Ravens, Calais Campbell is contemplating retirement after the 2021 season. Would that be a big hit for you, Tyler? It would. He's 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 been very solid in in in, in that front 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 on the, the end there. So he's yeah. he's been he's been especially. We thought we we're gonna have a major hit losing Pierce. Yes, and it's not been the case between um bringing Campbell in and Brandon Williams still playing on a mat massive amount of sk- talent still. So yeah. losing him's gonna be a hit, but he is getting older. He's like, he's getting he's up like there. He's like 35, 36. Yeah. He's getting up there. He played really well with Jacksonville. Um uh, and then now now he's uh he's he's talking about retiring. I mean, it, it would be a big hit for the Ravens but you know, the the cap number for him would be that would be the savings. That might be the savings that gets you Lamar on the yeah, deal that you want. Very well may. So I mean, that that could be um an interesting situation there. Um Derek Carr Attempting to put full court press on getting the Raiders to trade for Devontae Adams. Now, Adams has said playing with Derek Carr would be a quote-unquote dream come true, but for now, however, I'm a Packer. Um, are you excited about the possibility? I, I mean, it's a lower, obviously, possibility. But Devontae Adams as a Raider? How Do you think that would, would change the Raiders' offense? 
I think it definitely would. Devontae yep. Adams is a great talent. Right. And those two know each other very well. They played college teammates. together. Yep. Former teammates. I mean, it, it would be it would be interesting to see. Do you think John Gruden would be thrilled with that? I mean, if it's not a pass rusher, I feel like John <laughs> Gruden's not happy about it at all. He trades his pass rushers. Yeah. It's Oh, yeah. Well, no, he trades his whole offensive line this offseason, which is dumbfounding to me. Um I like I like the idea of Devontae Adams going to the Raiders because I don't like him with the Packers. But you just don't want him anywhere near the north. Yeah, yeah. Just just keep him away. Send him out west. But at the same time, Derek Carr Derek Carr hasn't had really great weapons in Vegas there. Sure he has. They all get traded. Yeah, they all get <laughs> traded. That's the problem. Is like like the the Okay, you know, Henry Ruggs, you and I both realized that Henry Ruggs wasn't going to be the best receiver out of that draft. And he still can be good. I yeah. just don't think they're, they're putting him in a position he's got to do what he's not supposed to do. Right. And and he's all he is is a vertical threat guy. We know he's all he is is a vertical threat guy. And it's just been like, man, Derek, Derek Carr, having a weapon like that, I think would be like a resurgence for Derek Carr. You remember when he had Amari Cooper, and he, he did well with Amari Cooper. And and here he is now, and he he's got a, a wide receiver room with that's kind of void of talent. I mean, true talent. I mean, Henry Ruggs is a one trick pony, run downfield, catch ball. You know, I mean, that's really all it is. It's a straight vertical receiver, vertical and post routes. That's what he does. So, getting a guy like Devonte Adams might be a, a game changer for him, and and could be a, a a thing that kind of alters the Raiders situation. Um, one thing that is all uh, sort of, and, and I'm kind of, so this is kind of an interesting situation for the Raiders. So, and, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, because of the fact that the players that are in the room, so defensive end, Carl Nassib, he becomes the first openly gay active NFL player in history. He announces it, I believe on his Instagram or his Twitter, you know, he's on social media says, Hey, by the way, I'm gay. And this is what it is. Good for him. Congratulations. Proud of you, buddy. Um, but then I look at the room that you're, you're he's in. You're a terrible person. No, I'm. I and this is not me looking to being a I terrible know, person. I know. But then I look, take a glance around the room, and and the one guy that I see in that room that I'm just like, oh no, is Richie Incognito's crazy ass. Okay, and Richie Incognito has not had a very fun career, and has been. Very, very uh, critical of gay people and very anti-LGBTQ and what in the hell are they going to do there? Do you think that these two... He's been quiet. I, th- I think it's going to be a non-issue. Do you but... think Do you think it becomes an issue? No, I don't. I, mean, I think I think Incognito's gotten put in his place a, a little much at this point. He, he's not going to do anything. I mean, especially with everything that went on when he was with Miami. Yeah. When he was with the Dolphins, you knew he was just, I mean, off the deep end. When he Even when he was with the Bills. I mean, off the deep end. And uh, so far with the Raiders, he has not gotten off the deep end yet. But I'm waiting for that moment when he goes off the deep end. And, and it's almost, it's kind of like there are certain players out there that have done crazy things. and you're just waiting for that moment when they just do another crazy thing like Odell or Antonio Brown or any of these guys. So the question, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm almost waiting for Richie Incognito to do something <laughs> like just fucked up, you know? Um, but we're proud of Carl Nassib here. I mean, I, I, that, that takes, it takes guts and uh, everybody uh, appreciates that. So, I mean, 
Good for you, man. Congratulations. Wonderful thing. Um, in the West, continuing on into the, the AFC West, the Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark, he gets arrested in L.A. for illegal possession of a concealed firearm. I think that's a felony over there. Um, what the hell does Frank Clark need a fucking firearm for? And why can't he get it legally? Yeah. I, I, I think, I don't know, I think the uh, court should let, let him off the hook. Um, kind of. Sort of. Don't um, No fines, no jail time, just you can't play football for three seasons. Because <laughs> the Chiefs. Yeah. No, uh, Frank Clark, I mean, he's, he's a great player. He's Very highly good. paid. I don't understand what the hell a guy needs a firearm for or why, like you said, why he can't get the damn thing illegal, or legally, rather. Um, it, it's just confusing. Just confusing. Um, another arrest that occurred, which is, a, a, strangely, a guy that you wanted that I'm, you know, maybe you're going, man, I dodged a bullet with that one. A little bit. Cardinals rookie first-rounder linebacker Zayvon Collins arrested for excessive speeding and reckless driving in Arizona. Um, this is a guy that was highly touted in the draft. A lot of people liked him. I liked him. You liked him. Um, he's supposed to be a great linebacker, but he's not making any friends currently, getting arrested for uh, reckless driving. Um, there, there were no real uh, uh, major details that were let out there, but he, he's you know, obviously, it, I, I don't know if it, in Arizona if that's a felony or not. I'd have to look at that. But big deal there for him to be doing that and uh, mini camp and shit's going on and he's over here acting the fool. I think both those guys, both Frank Clark and Zayvon Collins, I think you're looking at like a couple game suspensions here. Probably. Yeah. I think you're looking at anywhere from two to four for each of them. That, that's kind of a big deal. But the last time we saw a guy with an illegal firearm, that that did something like this and and you know wound up with jail time was Plaxico Burris when he shot himself in the leg in a club. Remember oh, that Plaxico. nonsense? Oh, Plaxico! But uh, yeah, that those gun charges are like no joke. Stuff like that, you know, that goes on and and guys go you know, to jail. And for they're that. actually starting to really come down on it. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Um, the Chiefs, so this one's a kicker. So the Chiefs go out and they, they've done this retooled offensive line that they because they released all their offensive tackles and stuff like that. They go out and pick up, the, so Kyle Long comes out of retirement. They bring Kyle Long in. He suffers a lower leg injury, and he could miss minicamp. Um, I believe that the Chiefs' offensive line is in trouble here. And, a lot and, of, and it was looking good a couple weeks ago because they had retooled it and it was looking nasty. Well, here's the problem. So, and I think a lot of people, the, a lot of people are putting too much stock in some of the Chiefs' offensive line stuff, and I'm going to get into that shortly with my my bold predictions here. But Kyle Long, this this guy has had an injury prone career. You know, before he left the NFL, he had several injuries. Go, you remember every year the guy was freaking mm -hmm. hurt um, for for about four years, if I'm not mistaken. He was hurting his leg every every other year, having a hip injury, having a and and. I even so your your brother is a, a diehard Rams fan and Kyle Long was over there playing for the Rams at one point and I, I mentioned it and he goes that guy's hurt every year I hate it you know so I mean realistically it, if Kyle Long misses camp I think that's a, a big issue for the Chiefs here especially with this retooled offensive line but they still got guys that are gonna be very good like um, Orlando Brown's gonna be a top five tackle this year yeah. And that's going to be a big improvement, especially for his blind side. Mm -hmm. But there are other spots in that line that are going to need some help. Yeah, especially in the interior, it's seeming like. So yeah, you've got that going on, uh, <laughs> which is just incredible to me. Um, 
Next up, the Steelers making some moves. They go out and release offensive guard David DeCastro after nine seasons. DeCastro reveals that he needs ankle surgery. Um, he doesn't rule out the, the uh, option of retiring due to the ankle surgery. And then in turn, they go out and sign veteran offensive guard Tri Turner to replace him. Uh, it's a one-year, $3 million deal that includes a $2 million signing bonus. So Tri Turner's a pro bowler. He's just coming off of a pro bowl year. Um, David DeCastro, obviously that, that's a, a shitty thing. DeCastro goes out and, and he needs ankle surgery. Um, and he could be done. And I think he could be done. It, it, when you're talking about that and then he starts mentioning something like retirement, that and it's only been nine seasons for him. It must be a pretty serious ankle injury. If you're talking about surgery and retirement in the same sentence, it it's probably pretty significant at that point, I would assume. So try Turner. He is he an improvement for the, the Steelers or is he just, you know, person for person here? I think it's a downgrade. I think it's a downgrade too. I think Turner's good. Um, I think I think he's had a, a good showing throughout his career, but he's sort of been a journeyman. He's been kind of passed around a little bit. Um, I think he played for Houston for a little while. I think he played for Miami a, a little bit. Um, and then you know, moving over to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, they, they're going to have a, a hard time. The Steelers have always been known for having that vaunted offensive line, but it's it's even worse now because I, I don't know if we talked about it last time. We might have, but they also lost Villanueva. Yes, who's in Baltimore now? It's going to be a hit at the line, and you got you're trying to protect Glass House Big Ben over there. Yeah, and and Ben, he obviously they've been changing up the way that Ben throws the football. He has not been taking deep shots recently. I mean, because of the elbow injury, and you can tell that you know he he wants to they want to play that Tom Brady style football, that short passing, you know, power run. That they love so much, and it worked till it didn't. Yeah, yeah, and then and then they broke down at the end of the season. But um, yeah, they're going to need to to do something to shore up that offensive line. I, I I don't think that this is the answer, but I understand that they had to make a knee jerk move because DeCastro is in such a bad way with his ankle, and the the kicker is is I don't understand why he would take such a long time to get the surgery on his ankle. He should have been getting that at the the end of the season. As soon as their season was over, I would have been mm-hmm. going to the doctor. So it, it just a confusing situation. Um, also, the Steelers in a weird move. So they signed kicker Sam Sloman, um, who was recently released by the the uh, Tennessee Titans. He comes in. They're saying he's kind of like a um, a practice field kicker, as some people are saying. But realistically, he's in competition with with uh, Chris Boswell right now. Do you know who else was just a, was just a practice leg? Who's that? Justin Tucker. Yeah, probably. And so Sloman, if you looked at the numbers, he's had a decent time. Um, he hasn't been incredible, but he's a decent enough kicker. Um, Boswell came off of a really bad 2018, did decent in 2019 and 2020. He actually had good years those seasons. But I'm 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 interested now. You know, especially Boswell's been around for a long time. I'm curious as to how much they're actually paying Boswell versus Sloman. And I'm curious is if, if this is going to be a cost-cutting measure to bring Sloman in and, and say, oh, well, Sloman's going to be our new kicker. That's going to be the question of the day. I, I think Boswell's getting somewhere in the range of five, isn't he? I think around that. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if they cut him and they, they can pay Sloman 900K or 1.1, I mean, it, there's the positive thing, right? I mean, that's that's the cost-cutting measure that they need 
<laughs> and the Steelers, I have a lot of cap space wrapped up still. So there's that. And speaking of the Steelers, have you seen this stuff going on with Devin Bush? Yeah, weird stuff. <laughs> what, weird what's stuff. What's happening right now? Yeah, NFL players, you know, if you if you do for some odd reason listen to this show, I just want to say don't Twitter. Just don't. Just stop. Get off of Twitter. And your mom's too. Get your mom's off of Twitter. <laughs> My God. Zach Poor Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, just don't Twitter. Some of these guys, they post some of the most stupid shit on Twitter. Just don't. Just don't do it. Makes no sense. So, um, yeah, there's that. I guess he posted a weird video or... A... He, he retweeted a video of a, of a, of a cat dying. Why? Why? And, and, and then a tweet prior... Um, doesn't specifically call it out, but so he goes, grown men shouldn't be on TikTok, even though, like, you know, your two best receivers are, are hanging out incredibly on active on TikTok. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it, it goes back to what I've been trying to say. Tomlin's losing control of this team. Yeah, yeah. a lot of these young players, man, I don't understand it. These, these young players do all kinds of weird stuff, and it's weird that it's coming from Devin Bush. Like, that's something that, that just doesn't... Coming generally... off a very good year. Yeah, weird. Weird. Um, next up, the Jets signed offensive tackle Morgan Moses to a one-year $3.6 million deal, $5.3 million with incentives. I think this is a very cap-friendly deal. For the dollar amount, I love it. And Morgan Moses is a good player. He's He is. He's a good offensive tackle. I was uh, amazed that, that he got signed for so little and that he sat on free agency for as long as he did. Um, he's a good player. So th- this, is, this is a good signing for the Jets. Um, and, and they also made another move. They renegotiated the deal with Jamison Crowder to keep him through, uh, 2021. He was holding out of camp there for a minute. Um, really, I don't think Jamison Crowder's worth the money. Um, I think he, he's uh, a three, he's a three, but they they used him as a one in the past. I know. You know. So, I mean, that's, that's the issue I'm having here. I'm like, oh, this is, this is your big guy. Come on now. So Jamison Crowder, he'll be back with the Jets this year. He does, he does, uh, get a deal. Um, speaking of contracts in, in that division over here, one guy that got signed to a deal was linebacker Jerome Baker, three years, $39 million. Um, you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, Jerome Baker gets, gets a good deal. It's 11 million. Eh. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. The guy, the guy I mean, he posted a 55.2 PFF grade. Uh, it, it just seems a lot of money for a linebacker that is, eh. And I know you put a lot of stock in the, P, in the PFF grades. I do. But there's a, sometimes, a lot of times they're also wrong, too. So, yeah, sometimes they like, can be uh, wrong. Like Devin White. Yeah. His PFF grade is not what he did last year. No, no. And then uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins, they, they had him as the... Um, 30th ranked running back for PFF grade. Like, also a, a misstatement there. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the, well, I don't know. 30th ranked running back, I mean, if you think about it, just just a, a thought here, a guy that would be below him. I mean, like, I understand J.K. Dobbins, you know, and, and you've made this clear. Dobbins, you know, he had, the, what, the highest average, right, on anybody. Yep. So I think that's kind of, PFF looks, it's almost like sabermetrics. And and the the they look at some things, not all things. Yeah, the the NFL right now is is having the same pissing match with Major League Baseball that or or with the NFL that Major League Baseball had with sabermetrics when they first started coming out. Sabermetrics, you know, and and 
the sabermetrics have been proven to be more accurate. PFF 99 times, out of, well, I won't say 99 times, but about 95% of the time, PFF is, they go, hey, wait a minute. If this guy, it becomes a question of if this guy got to start every time, would he put up those numbers? You know, or, or where's he trending here? And Dobbins, for example, if he goes in and it's looking like he's going to be the number one in Baltimore, he's just, yeah, be him and Gus show. Yeah. In this current situation, I mean, the, this particular linebacker mm-hmm. and Jerome Baker, I don't know that I see him as a guy that you know is is worth eleven million. I mean, I think he got overpaid in oh, that situation. Sure. I think I mean, how I how many times have we heard about Jerome Baker? Not, not many. You know, he's not one of those guys that people are going, oh, look at that freaking linebacker, Jerome Baker, killing it. No, he's not one of those guys. I don't I don't really like this signing. And a guy, you know, I know PFF isn't always accurate, but a 55.2 on PFF kind of sets off an alarm when a guy gets paid $11 million a year. No, well, fair point. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm like, mm, mm, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. So we, we've got that going on. Also with the Dolphins, Xavier Howard is now holding out of the Dolphins minicamp. He wants a new contract. Um, he only played one year on his extension, which is fascinating. So I don't know why he's bitching about a new contract. I don't know. It's it's strange. He, he wants a new deal. Um, I don't know if he wants a shorter one or he wants more money or, or what, but he, he's holding out a minicamp right now, mandatory minicamp. Confusing situation. He's a great corner. He was great last year. He, I think he was the highest-ranked corner last year at one point. Um, very, very interesting situation there. I like I like him a lot. I, I just think that that um, I'm with you. Why are you holding out when you've got X amount of years left on your extension? You only mm-hmm. play one year on your extension. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Kind of confusing. Um, one guy that is holding out because he's actually in a contract here is Stefan Gilmore, however, with the Patriots. Um, he wants a new deal or a trade. I can think about 10 30. teams. Yeah. I'm going to say 30. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can think about... See, if you don't got three stud corners, then you should be making the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you take New England out of it, you, and you take Baltimore out of it, for sure. Yeah. I can think about 10 teams that could use that, that guy this instant. Like, even, even, even Vikings should be making a phone call. Yeah. And the Vikings, I mean, they're I, right now, Vikings are stacked at corner. And they, I would make that phone call. Oh, Gilmore's on the block. I think he got two good ones, but having him would would um would would set you reading to be. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Gilmore is an aging corner. He's still playing at a high level. We're we're, we're talking a guy in his thirties because he just because uh, he sat out last year, mm-hmm. and I think before that he was, he was defensive player of the year. Yep, he was the best. So player. He's, he's still playing at yep. a very high level. He was the best corner in the league two years ago. So I mean, but uh, you're gonna have to pay him. He, yeah. he's, he's making it clear he wants to get paid. The the holdout is what's causing the problem for him. The, you know, the fact that he well not the holdout, but the the uh, opt out from last year, that's what's hurting him right now. And yeah. he does he doesn't understand that. He's he's seeing well. I played really well in in 2019. Well, that's good. More power to you, pal. But you didn't play for a year and you opted out, so you're not going to get the money that you feel like you're you're deserved. You know, and and he's probably to me, I with the because of the opt out, I would probably if he played last year, you'd probably be talking eighteen, nineteen. I think because of the opt out, you're talking somewhere in the range of like fourteen, fifteen. I think if I'm New England, I you're not going to the playoffs this year. He's, I don't know about me. that. That's the thing. I think I don't you trade him. I don't know that New England's not going to the playoffs. Here's the problem for New England. The big problem for them stand, lies with Cam Newton. 
And and I understand he's the guy that that holds the ball the most. But people we forget they had what fourteen starters hold out uh, opt out last year. Big name starters too. We're not talking like little nobodies. These are big name starters, defensive guys and offensive guys that are all returning this year. And those guys, without those guys, they went seven and nine. So I'm I'm going. We, we might have an interesting situation with the New England Patriots because 14 big-name starters are walking back onto that field. Whether or not they played a year or not, they understand Belichick's system a lot better than some of the guys that did play last year. And a lot of those guys that did play last year were iffy. So I, I'm going over here going, oh, this, this could be a scary situation. The Patriots could make the playoffs. They could wind up as a playoff team. We have seen... Teams with lesser quarterbacks make the super or make the the play the Super Bowl at the playoffs with a team surrounding them that was just great. I mean, really, we have, and it's true. We have seen it, so I don't know that they don't make the playoffs. But in this current situation, getting Gilmore back on the field right now should be a priority, and and getting that guy to me, I, I would be signing him to like maybe a three or four year deal and saying, okay, fine, and give him. See what he'll he have, but he has to budge. He has to budge and say, "I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not going to take 19." But if you give me 15, I'm good. With, I'm good with it. At his age, holding out a year. Right now, I think 15 is about reasonable for him. Maybe 14, but you you ain't getting higher than that at that point. Um, moving into uh, other stuff that's going on here, the Eagles signed former 49ers quarterback Nick Mullins to a one-year deal. Oh boy! Oh boy! So the 49ers, I mean, they they don't truly need a backup quarterback right now. I mean, they're they're in good shape, so they, losing Mullins doesn't kill them. Um, he did come in in a starting role for them on several occasions. So <laughs> I'm gonna go on the. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is gonna be a quarterback competition. It already was. Uh, yeah, I know. So in in uh, Philly. Dear God. Uh, the 49ers also signed Senio Calamente to a one-year deal. I like that signing. Bolsters that line. Smart move. The guy's been a starter. He's playing good ball. I think he played in Carolina before, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they've got that going on. A few retire. Oh, Matt Nagy, first of all, Matt Nagy re- reiterates that Andy Dalton will be the Bears starter in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, here's the thing. I, he, he'll, he'll probably start game one. I think Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton will get about midway through the season, and then they're going to be playing hokey pokey with the quarterbacks with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. And you don't think Nick Foles sees a single game? I don't think Foles sees a single game. I think Foles is done. I think everybody saw that that wondrous season and went ooh, but I think Foles is done. But I do think Andy Dalton will be the starter. I think Andy Dalton will falter. I think Justin Fields comes in and Justin Fields shits the bed. I think he is a bust, bust, bust. And anybody who thinks otherwise, I think you're crazy, crazy, crazy. That's where I'm at. But Andy Dalton will be the Bears starter moving into the season. He'll start off that way, but it'll go back and forth. Yeah. Much gonna, how it did last year in Tampa Bay. We're or gonna, not last year, two years ago with Tampa Yeah, we're going to see a hokey pokey. But I think it's going to be all three quarterbacks doing a rotation type of thing. It's going to be strange. Um, next up, we got a bunch of retirements. Ex-Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas. He retires from the NFL, finally. Um, hasn't been great since he, uh, he, he left the Broncos and even his last year, the Broncos wasn't yeah, great. He, he, uh, 
you know, we, we remember those those games, you know, those twilight years. He played with Peyton mm-hmm. Manning and all that good stuff. Um, but now he's he is on his way out. And also former Bengals and Texans cornerback Jonathan Joseph. He retires after 15 seasons. Um, good corner. Very good corner. Um, had some great years there. He retires. Now, this is an interesting thing. I'm excited for this. Uh, Oregon defensive end slash edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau is currently leading the very way too early potential number one draft pick predictions for 2022 next April. How do you feel about Kayvon Thibodeau? Thoughts on that situation? He's been playing like he's he's, he's been going up the radar, going up the charts. I I I think him being the, the current favorite to be number one makes sense. I feel like Whether it stays that way. I don't know. At the end of the draft, as soon as the draft ended. People were talking about this guy for next year. Like, it was like immediate. His name showed up next day. Mm. Um, he's a great defensive end. He's he's an athletic freak. Everybody's been talking about him. They say he's he's one of those type of players that is a franchise trade or a changing type of player. Uh, franchise changing type of end. This guy's exciting. And it, a lot of people are making comparisons to the Bosa boys already. He is just brutal from my understanding and uh, i've watched some tape on him and when he when he gets going he gets going people people really like this guy and i don't blame him i like him um i think it's already shaping up to be a situation where he's being looked at as number one and this could be like the first year in what two or three years that we've had quarterbacks not go number one something like that Yeah. yeah so i mean you're you're going to see that Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, then and I think he's going to wind up continuing that trend as long as he stays healthy this year. You may see that. Before we go to break, mm. I got a little article to get your take on. Oh God! It's uh, who's the uh, analyst in this one? This is uh, Bucky Brooks. Oh God, Bucky! His top five uh, Batman and Robin duos oh, can be geez. any position. Like, it's not dedicated to one position. It's any anything in this league. Yep. Okay. Number five. Is the Rams with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd? Yeah, I could kind of see that. Yeah, I mean, they. It's interesting because you, Leonard Floyd is the Robin there, for sure. <laughs> obviously, um, Aaron Donald gets more sacks than Leonard Floyd does, and also opens up right. the sacks for Leonard Floyd. Right. So I mean, that's that's the big thing there. Number four, the Bucks with Levante David and Devin White. I'm surprised in that. Because Levante David and Devin White, I, I think uh, Levante David is the is the Batman there. White's the Robin. But the problem is, is that Shaq Barrett is like, I mean, what's Shaq Barrett in that situation? Maybe he's Catwoman. <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Shaq Barrett's bigger than the both of them. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, what's he? The Incredible Hulk. I'm surprised I, you're not yeah. seeing Shaq Barrett. I, I agree with you. <clears throat> yeah, there. I'm, I'm amazed by that. Number three, the Ravens, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. I like that. It's it's arguably the, the yeah. best duo right now. Yeah, I like that. Number two, the Browns, Chubb and Hunt. Chubb and Hunt. You know, I like it, but my thing about it is I, I feel like uh, I, I, it makes sense. It does make sense, but I feel like they should be talking a little bit more about Jarvis Landry as well. True. Dar- Jarvis Landry in that situation is... I think they're doing it like same position. Yeah. Or same type. Same type of player, yeah. Yep. And number one, the obvious, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Oh, Travis Kelsey. I'm, see, I'm surprised it wasn't Patty Mahomes. And well, they're, 
pass catchers. Yeah, pass, pass catching duels. Like duels yeah. of the position. Now that's a confusing one because who's the Batman and who's the Robin there? They're just going, I am Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at yeah, Kelsey is, I feel like he's the more complete pass catcher in the situation. But then Tyree Kill is so fast and he's such a playmaker that it makes you wonder. Because I mean, you remember? I mean, at least one of them had a role. Chris Carter had a role. And they're about they're like Batman walks. and Superman. Yeah, I, that's those guys tear it up. So we're gonna go ahead and take a break here, and then we're gonna get to my ten bold predictions, and uh, I will uh, throw them around. Um, I, I'm excited for these, Tyler. I feel like they're they're gonna be good stuff. I mean, I'm curious what you got. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. So right after break, we're going to do my 10 bold predictions uh, moving into the upcoming season. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, dog Get ready And welcome back to the Upside Blitz I'm your host, Tyler Dane And he's here Yes, I am. The fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. We are back. And uh, Tyler, we've got some bold predictions really from both of us. So last week we did your, um, well, my my bold predictions for the season as far as like season records and season breakdown, where I, which teams I think are, and as far as who wins the Super Bowl. Um, and if you remember, my Super Bowl winner was the Tennessee Titans. Over the Rams? Over the Rams. Um, your season predictor got done uh, today, and we're going to be jumping into your season predictor predictor in a moment. Um, and then we also did your 10 bold predictions for the season. I'm going to do my 10 bold predictions for the season. Um, now, mine are a little bit, like yours are very straightforward. You you came up with some very, very straightforward yes, predictions. Some of them grossly bold. Yeah, gr- uh, yeah, disgusting bold. I made my bold predictions, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to make them multi-layered. Because I felt like these were were going to be, I wanted to make them multi-layered, not because I'm cheesing out. Like, that's what I, I want to make clear. I wasn't cheesing out on them. But I wanted to make them multi-layered as in, like, certain things happen, this is what goes on. Maybe I'll be half right on one of them, but it, 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 I feel like if I make them multi-layered, they're more of home runs than anything. They're, they're those Hail Mary bombs down the field for the touchdown. Um, so that's what I did in, in mine. Yours are, are very straightforward. Hail Mary bombs. <laughs> just fuck you. This is what it's going to be. You, you know what you are? 
you are the the girlfriend from the water boy going 27 24 that's what's going to be that's that's what i i look at you being like so and uh i did so one of the ones i did and i promised the next show i'd have it was i said the the receiving record is going to get broken right and uh, you you challenged me on it to, to pick the player yeah and i i i, I decided on the player okay i'm going with Former Viking, Buffalo Bill, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, and don't ever say that to me ever again. So you expect <laughs> him to to break which record? The or, receiving yards record. Wow. Okay. So that that could be an interesting one. Especially now that Emmanuel Sanders is there. So you believe the, the receiving yard gets broken or the all three of the, the passing, receiving, and rushing yards? Which is receiving yards, Calvin Johnson's record of mm-hmm. I think it's twenty thousand and change. Yep. Gets broken. Oh, was it two? Did he break two that year, or was it one nine nineteen eighty? Or maybe, maybe it was nineteen. So, yeah, it was, it was the same year that um that uh the rushing record almost got broken by yeah. nine yards. Yeah. Oh, that one hurt. It hurt, but it was a wonderful season. Yeah, nineteen hundred and sixty-four. Yep. Wait. Yeah. No. No players ever finished with two thousand. I think in a season, and it, it's close enough. So I'll, I'll even double it down. And say, um, Stefan Diggs will uh break the record, and it'll be over two thousand. Wow. It's only it's only thirty yards. I mean, if he's going to break it. His odds are going to be over two thousand. Yeah. Now, last year Diggs had one hundred twenty-seven receptions. He he did get a lot. He had fifteen hundred and thirty-five. So that you, you which is ex- a big number. You expect him to have a five hundred yard jump this it, year? I I I. What it comes down to is a bold prediction. I think it's going to get broken. Yeah. And I I believe Stefan Diggs will lead the league in yards. He's 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 the he's the highest one that could do it for me. Okay. Yeah, I know it's very bold. I like my very bold I'm, prediction. I'm going to have an 11th bold prediction because of that. I hope you know that. <laughs> I hope you know that. Because I'm feeling ballsy. Um, I'll, I'll throw it in on, on my stuff uh, as as far as the uh, that goes to go. But I, that'll be my kind of number 11 bold prediction going into it. Um, so in this case, Tyler, we've, we've got your playoff predictor. Uh, you you have worked through the playoff predictor twice, from my yeah. understanding, um, and and everything changed when that affected the second time. Right, everything once, changed once the seating changed. And you you were telling me off the air once once you went through the second time and the seating somewhat changed. The, the match the matchups changed, which means like I had teams going further. And honestly, my my now Super Bowl, neither team was in it the first time through. Right, and now I completely changed my mind. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of how it goes. I mean, one team runs into a, a a roadblock, and some of those teams are roadblock teams. Because I I stuck with one of my bold predictions with this, uh-huh. and that makes one side of the playoffs very interesting. And I'll and I'll get to that. Yes. All right. So we'll start off the AFC North. Now I I even had division winners change in this thing. It's been weird. Yeah. So in the AFC North, I got the Ravens winning it, thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. With the Browns right on their tail at twelve and five, that sounds about right, and that's basically what I had. And at one point, I had the Browns actually win the division. Wow! Like I tweaked some things around, it. not not intentionally. Yeah, but um, it ended up I, I gave I gave a team something. It ended up being against the Browns, so it knocked them. Like, I think I had Ravens and then tied, and then yeah. I moved the game and actually shifted it. Okay, but I I think the division could go either one. It could go to either one. I I'm with you. I think it could be the. It's probably the Ravens though. And I have the Steelers and the Bengals both going eight and nine. Wow! Making them the eighth and ninth best team in the AFC, making them both just missing the playoffs. Those are big jumps for them. Now, did you have the the Bengals winning Week One against the Vikings? No. That see now a couple weeks ago you were saying uh, I think it's gonna be a close game. You think it's gonna be close? 
It'll it'll be a final drive. Um, Bengals have a chance to win it or tie it. Yeah, I think they're going to be a much improved team. Yep. Well, especially with Jamar Chase coming around, I think that's gonna they're going to struggle on the line. Um, Dalton, not Dalton. Um, he used to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burroughs is going to. He's going to be running for his life this year, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to surprise some people. Yeah, I think they're they're they're, they're going to begin their rise, and maybe I haven't won a little too many games, but I think even though they lost a lot of games, it was a lot a lot of one score games. Yeah, I think this is them digging their way out of the basement here. It's going to go in a couple of years. You're gonna, you're going to look at this this being the best division in football again, mm-hmm. and it arguably still is to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't put them ahead of the NFC West. No, but no, the West is whew, man right now for sure. Yeah. So that puts that actually puts Ravens at the four seed mm-hmm. and Browns at the six. Four seed at thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. Holy shit balls! Going to the south, we have the Tennessee Titans t- taking the number one seed at fifteen and two. Wow! And the Colts at the second division at eight and nine, getting in the playoffs in in, in a tiebreaker over the Steelers and the Bengals. Wow! They man. sneak in at seven. At seven, yeah. So the the losing a team with a losing record gets in. Yes. Oof. Oof, I hate that. I do too. Um, Jacksonville, third division at four and thirteen, mm. and Houston Texans at one and sixteen. I think Jacksonville is going to start digging their way out of the cellar, but uh, they're going to start too, but it won't be this year. Yeah, they're going to need you know, and you got DJ Chark saying all kinds of things. Oh, you know, we're going to surprise a lot of people, and maybe that's the case. I, I think you, you, I think we're both kind of in the same the same district there with the Jags, where where they're going to have a lot of work to do still. It's like the Bengals last year. They got their quarterback, but it's not going to be enough to really start digging. Right. But now we kind of begin from there. Yep. And Texans bottom of the league, one and sixteen. Yeah, they're just going to have a run. And obviously, if <clears throat> Watson decides to play, then both of our preachers are just out the window. Right. Because Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in football. I don't think Watson's going to play. I still think he's going to be holding out. We're going to see that go on. If Watson plays, you can basically just flip flop Colts and, Jet and Texans or Jets. Te- te- Colts and Texans or Jags and Texans? Colts and Texans. I, wow. I think the Texans well, go that. I, I think Texans win enough games to make the playoffs because Watson's still one of the best player, player quarterbacks in football. Yeah. Even with him there last year, though, they didn't do well. Their schedule is also brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. They, they hit, like, it was like Ravens, Steelers, <laughs> Chiefs, Bills, like, wham, yeah. wham, wham. Um, Going to the East, the Bills take the three seed, 14 and three. That sounds about right. Uh. New England goes seven and ten. Mm-hmm. Jets six and eleven. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a big improvement there with Zach Wilson. To me, is a, is a better quarterback than Darnold. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, Darnold, I think, can still be a good quarterback, but I think the difference here is you don't have crazy man Adam Gase some ruining your development. Right, and that's that was always the problem for Darnold. I think uh, a little too much of it got shoveled on t- onto him, and and really. I, I think that that uh, Wilson is more intelligent than Darnold is as well behind under center there. I think I think he's the, I think he understands the system a little bit better over there with the Jets. I would agree. And last in the division, Dolphins five and twelve. Really, Tua's gonna is gonna show that he, who he really is, and not having Fitzpatrick to get you to the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think Tua is. I think he will be good enough to make them middle of the pack. I just don't know that Tua is the guy that's going to get them to the promised land. And and I, a lot of people have that same question. He's also very injury prone. we got to remember that Tua has suffered a series of injuries throughout his career. So I, I'm surprised you got him on the bottom of the division, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Um, that's that's a, a mighty falling type of 
situation. Yes. And I did say I had Jets in my bold predictions. I had Jets being the, the second best team in that division. But I kind of <laughs> sucked it a little bit, giving them a six-win season. Yeah. Dismissing Patriots by one game. Right. But I, as far as my predictions, I wasn't going to stick with it, stick with it. Mm-hmm. And then going to the West, the Chiefs take the division. Yep. Number two seed. Actually lose a tiebreaker with the Titans. So wait, who, and two. who's the one seed? Oh, the, ti- Titans. the Titans. Okay. But I have Titans and Chiefs both going 15-2. and two. Okay. Uh... I have, and remember, I, I had said the Browns were in the playoffs at twelve and five as the sixth seed. Yeah. So there's a wild card team that does better than twelve and five. Yep. The Chargers. Yeah. Thirteen and four. I think Herbert comes out and balls. I expect this. Now Herbert, he he came in. You you remember Tyrod Taylor had a couple of of rough games. Then he had that bad surgery situation, or he got uh, he got a poked wrong with a syringe or something, and. It screwed them all up. Herbert got the start. Herbert came in and looked like a million dollars. Chargers went what seven and nine last year, if I'm not mistaken. Them, the Patriots, the Vikings were all tied. Yep. Um, the he did uh, really extremely well playing with a team that was either injury prone or you know learning a new system as a rookie. He's so athletic. I believe that this guy is a star. I I don't I know that you and I sort of have differing opinions on where he's going to go. I think he's going to win a Super Bowl. I, I believe he will, too. And I think he does it with the and, Chargers. And uh, and just to pull Burrow into this, too, I, I think a big difference for Burrow and Herbert, another reason why I have such a big jump for the Bengals is, last year, they had a partial training camp, partial practice. COVID kind of screwed everything up for yeah. rookies. I think with a full training camp, a full everything, Herbert and Burrow make a huge jump. Yeah, I think Herbert is going to be a, a game changer here. And, and really, I... I'm with you that the Chargers are going to have a much, much better season than they had last year, even when they were middle-of-the-road guys going 7-9. and nine. I'm with you on that. Um, Herbert's going to be the game-changer. We have to remember that the Chargers did lose a receiver. They did lose one of the Pouncey brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, they, so they, they got to go ahead and, and uh, you know, and I, I believe they filled those spots um, accordingly. But they and and it really another thing that I think is going to be a, a big change for him is he doesn't have a number one tight end over there a true great tight end. Um, they need to fix that situation. Hunter Henry's gone. Yep, he's gone. He's with New England now. So realistically, uh, he he's going to have to to figure a few things out. The big wild card there is going to be that and Austin Eckler. Can Eckler stay healthy? And and. When Eckler's healthy, we've seen that he just blows up, and and that was something we, you and I had talked about two seasons ago. Was that Austin Eckler, as a player, when he gets on the field, he looks great, and and when he was playing behind, say Melvin Gordon, he looked great, but you know it's just a matter of his health. Can he stay on the field? Yeah. Uh, the Raiders going four and thirteen. That bad. I think this will be the end. Of the Gruden era. I think so. Going uh, to 22, um, Gruden and Carr will not be in Vegas. You think Carr And I traded. still love Carr. I love Derek Carr. The The thing about John Gruden... I just don't think Carr's right for Raiders. John Gruden picks up weird, strange players. And he's always done that. He did it in Tampa, and for some weird reason, it worked for him. Brad Johnson. <clears throat> Brad Johnson. Then he goes to a bowl with Brad Johnson. He had a series of just strange pickups that everybody was like, what the hell is this maniac doing? And then he, he goes to a bowl. He's trying to do the same thing with But it's the not working. And it hasn't been working. Um, 
I don't I don't think he'll ever be able to duplicate what he did with the box in that situation. Yeah. So I, it's like, okay, you know, it's just not going to happen. And that means dead last. Broncos. The Broncos. And your boy, Locke, won't finish the season as a starter. A lot of people don't feel he will. A lot of people feel like it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think Locke sees a game. You don't, you don't think he even starts? Not in any facet. Teddy will have him beat before before preseason gets before here. Before preseason in week one. That could very well be the case. And, um, and what happens is not going to be Teddy's fault. I still think he's a great quarterback. I think he'd be a very good quarterback. The 2-15 season is not going to be his fault. The team has a lot of other places that need work. There are there are some trouble points there, obviously. Uh, they, they have the receivers. They have, um, I, I think they have an overrated Melvin Gordon at this point. Melvin Gordon did well enough in the uh, uh, in the the Chargers scheme, but you know he had a, Melvin Gordon was bad when he first got in the league. You remember that he he did not do well, and then he did well in the Chargers scheme. And then and you're then he, doubling down by releasing Philip Lindsay. Yeah, you, you that was the, like, the other come confusing. On. I don't understand why they they released Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon did have uh, some really shiny spots last year, but they have they have some problems that they they have an aging defense right now over there. They lost some key parts on that defense. Um, Von Miller's getting older; he's getting hurt. Uh, Bradley Chubb is getting hurt. You, you, they they have some work to do. And I obviously you're saying Drew Locke's not the answer. It's starting to look like you were 100% right about Drew Locke not being the answer. I don't know if it's a scheme issue or if it's Drew Locke in general. But what we are going to, and obviously Vic Fangio's shit didn't work for Drew Locke. I see them riding the bottom of the division. I'm with you on that. Uh, they've been riding the bottom of the division for the last several years now, yeah. so, since the, the Manning era ended. So, I mean, it. here we go. You know, we're, we're going to see... And I, I think you might be right. You could see Drew Locke hit the trade block here. And, and or just I would, released. Or just released. And and I wouldn't be surprised by that if by season's end, Drew Locke is no longer there. So what we got is the Titans at one, Chiefs at two, mm-hmm. Bills at three, Ravens at four, Chargers at five, Browns at six, Colts at seven. Okay. It's a strong playoffs. It is. Man. Colts are going to have their, their work cut out for them if it ends this way. Yep. But no matter who the seven's going to be, he's going to have their work cut out for him. Right. Um, going to the NFC. We'll start with the North. Uh-huh. Winning the division, I have the Minnesota Vikings. 12-5, yeah, yeah. three seed. That's about right. Um, second, the division, which I is also sticking my bold prediction, the Packers. 5-12 mm-hmm. and 12 with Jordan Love's first year. Uh-huh. I think they'll improve from there because I still believe in Jordan Love and this season we'll be telling how that goes. Right. Third, the Lions, 3-14. and 14. Yeah, I, I'm i with you on that. And I have the Bears at dead last, tied for the, for the, for the worst team in football at 1-16. So, the... Uh, so, one, one thing that I, I wanted to point out before we, we jump into the NFC stuff, AFC... The one thing that I really like is this Xavier Rhodes deal that the Colts made, $6.5 million to retain him. Um, that He's going to be the big the big X factor for them. If he plays like he played last year, they have a really good shot at beating teams in spite of the fact that they're going into the playoffs with a losing record. And that cornerback play that they had 
from Rhodes as well as other corners on that team that are were lesser known corners, particularly this young kid Rock Yasin who came in as a well, I think it was a third round draft pick. That's going to be huge for them. Um, Colts, even though they're going in eight and nine, they still have a shot. That's the kicker: is that they still are an interesting team. That defense, remember, was a top five defense last mm-hmm. year. So, interesting situation. Now, moving into the North, I am one hundred percent with you on the Vikings winning the division. I think this this team with ha- with Rodgers gone to me it just it, it yeah. it's going to be a landslide. And and so the Vikings have such a changed defense now. This is a very very now remember this is a team with a crap defense that went seven and nine last year. They had a one of the worst defenses in the league. They didn't have Mike Pierce. They didn't have Dalvin Tomlinson. They didn't have Daniel Hunter. They didn't have Anthony Barr. They didn't have uh, uh, you know Eric Kendricks for part of the season. They didn't have Rashad Breeland. They didn't have Patrick Peterson. They didn't have Mackenzie Alexander. They didn't have Xavier Woods. All of the, that's nine players on an eleven man defense. They didn't have Sheldon Richardson, who's going to be a rotational defensive tackle. But I digress. They didn't have Stephen Weatherly at right end. They had uh, uh, Fadi Odenigbo. I mean, th- this is a team with a retooled defense, and Mike Zimmer has a lot of guys coming back or coming into this defense that know his defense. They brought back Stephen Weatherly. He knows Mike Zimmer's defense. They brought back Mackenzie Alexander. He knows Zimmer's defense. You you bring in Patrick Peterson. You still have Cam Dantzler from last year. When Cameron Dantzler, who I know that that I've come on this show and I've said, hey, wait a minute, don't soak your jockeys over Cameron Dantzler just yet. But having Cameron Dantzler, as you're, technically speaking, your number four corner is a good fucking problem to have. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it all, coming into a situation where, where Harrison Hand has just emerged as this other corner, the Vikings defense is, is looking top five this year. It's terrifying. Um, the Vikings, and and I think they're. All, I don't think any of the defenses in this league right now, or 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 really in this division rather, can hold a candle to the Vikings. Defensively, no, I would agree. I, I don't think any. I don't think. I think the Vikings' offense is looking just as strong. Particularly that offensive line has so much improved. This is a revamped team, and it's fun, quick, fast, and in a hurry. With cap-friendly moves, this division is theirs to lose at this point. Now, Especially with Aaron Rodgers not playing. Right. Now, if Rodgers plays... With, it's, it'll, be, it'll be a dogfight. I'm going to give a bold prediction moving forward when, I, when Rodgers plays. But I, I truly feel this is the Vikings division. And and I don't think the Lions are going to do. I'm with you. The Lions are going to fall apart. And I I'm I would actually flip flop. And I think I did flip flop the Bears and the Lions. But um, and I, I actually had the the Packers sitting on the bottom of the division. I'm surprised that you believe as much as you do in Jordan Love. Um, I think it'll be the first year will be a little rough, but they're going to have an. I think Jordan Love ends up being the guy. There's there's a lot of people out there that are concerned because the Packers are so unwilling to dump Aaron Rodgers that that Jordan Love isn't ready. And that seems to be the the overall feeling of that is that Jordan Love isn't ready, and that very well could be. Yep, and and the Packers they they have other concerns too. They got to sign five up. and twelve to me still states like a, a guy who's not ready could still pull off a few wins. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, time will tell. 
yeah, Jordan Jordan Love is is an interesting character. And then Justin Fields, obviously, for the Bears. I think, like we were talking about earlier, there's going to be a hokey-pokey at the quarterback position there. I feel you on that. Um, Bears are going to have a bad year. Yeah. This is going to be a rough year. So I have just the Vikings going to the playoffs from that division. Yep, and that's what Crazy. I had as well. Going to the South. Um, so there's a lot of talk about how Brady didn't really get the get like the full playbook down to a T until about half of the season. Yep. So I think you're going to see a very dominant part of the season, the regular season. I got the Bucks going 15 and two and taking the number one seed. Yeah. Okay. Now the the Bucks. Um, yeah, I, I think they're gonna. They're definitely gonna dominate that division. I, I Atlanta's rebuilding. The Saints are, and I think for the most part they're gonna dominate the NFC for the most part. I think so. Now, this was a team that was uh, they they squeaked some wins last year against some questionable teams. But one, as the season got on, though, it became more and more clear that this is a juggernaut team. Right. Um, and I think they are a juggernaut team. I think they're gonna try and run it back. Um, this is gonna be. And they very well could because because they, they could. have all twenty two starters coming back. Yeah. So this this is gonna be a, a fun thing for them. A fun season. I agree with you on that. They're they're gonna win that division. Second in the division, just missing the playoffs is the Atlanta Falcons, wow. nine and eight. Wow, we'll winning the, record. We'll miss the playoffs. Winning record for the Falcons. Yes. Wow. Surprise. I think they I think they start to kind of get things figured out. Their defense is a little bit better, not by much, but yeah, marginally. I, I think Arthur Smith is is such a smart mind as a head coach, and he's been so good for them, or he's going to be so good for them. They they could start turning it around. I don't know about a winning record yet, especially. I mean, you you see it all the time though. A new coach comes in, winning record. Here we go. I want to see if Arthur Smith is is that type of guru that that. Um, Sort of Jim Schwartz guy. Remember when Jim Schwartz came to the Lions and suddenly the Lions had a winning record? I want to see if he can turn that switch and get them to a winning record situation. That He could be the catalyst. We don't know. Arthur Smith has never been a head coach. So we're going to find out. Then I have the Saints going 8-9, third in the division, ninth best team in the, in the conference. Uh, yeah, I, I had them getting into the playoffs with the losing record. Um, the Saints, obviously there's questions at QB. Whether or not Winston can not throw twenty interceptions in a season, <laughs> you know the, the Taysom Hill still in, in play. Yeah, he's still there. We have questions. We have questions about the Saints. I I have questions. You have questions. And I don't blame you. Um, yeah, there's there's it's up in the air there. We're gonna find out. And even though last in the division, the Panthers with Darnold mm. will go eight and nine. <clears throat> That's ballsy. With Sam Darnold as a starter, my bold prediction was them getting second. Ooh, buddy. Um, I think they'll have a good year. I think Donald's got two good weapons over there, and Robbie Anderson and uh, and more. It'll be a scheme change. It'll be a, a positive thing. I think the coaching change is going to be really good for him. Adam Gase was not good for him. No. In any way, shape, or form. It could be a career resurgence for Sam Darnold. You, we're going to find out if, if Sam Darnold going number one overall was really supposed to be number or, or we the predicted number one overall rather if he was supposed to be the predicted number one overall guy yeah you know if, if he's that guy that everybody was talking about because he went number two well at this but, point though he'll never be the predict number one because he's in the same class as baker lamar baker, and yeah. allen yeah yeah he'll so, go down better than josh rosen though i think it's i think it's kind of a yeah yeah that's that's a winner <laughs> that's a winner um but 
the, the, that's going to be the question of the day. Is, is Sam Darnold that guy that we heard all about moving into that season as the, the projected number one pick in that uh, draft? So we'll see. So, again, one team to the playoffs from that division. Mm-hmm. Going to the East. Dallas Cowboys take it 11-6. Okay. Well, yeah, they, I mean, we, we put them up higher, higher wins there. Um, Dak's back. Dak's a very good quarterback. Yeah. Um, they have they drafted, uh, they got Devontae Smith? Yeah. Who did they draft? Uh, yeah. no, no, they've got Micah Parsons. Yeah, Parsons. But, but I still think they, they got a receiver somewhere. It was later in the yeah. draft, but. Um, I think Dak being back is going to help Zeke's numbers too. Yeah. Because Zeke's numbers, it wasn't that Zeke was bad last year. He was good till Dak went down. Yep. And that's because the team's like, okay. Yeah, we know where you're going. <laughs> They're just giving it to Zeke all day. Yep. And even the best of the best can only do so much when the the defense knows the ball's going to you. Yes. So I'm not going to shit on Zeke too much there. Yep. I get them going to the four seed. Second, the Giants. I think getting on um, with Mike with Gallup and with now you have uh, Galladay mm-hmm. um, and Barkley coming back. Daniel Jones doesn't have to be great. He has to be serviceable. You said Gallup? Not Gallup. Uh, who's their other receiver? Slayton. Slayton. Darius Slayton. Yep. Yeah, Slayton, who was very good last year. Yeah. They just got Galladay. Barkley coming off injury. Daniel Jones doesn't have to be great. He has to be serviceable. He has to be good enough. And you got Kyle Rudolph over there as your new tight end. If, yeah, you have Kyle Rudolph too. Yep. He he does, he this screams a team that can be good if if he can be good enough. Yeah. And I think you're gonna see that, and they're gonna just miss the playoffs. Mm. Eight and nine is a, is a good improvement from where they were. That's about right. I mean, and I I agree that the Giants are on the upswing. Um, I want to see if Daniel Jones can take and and you know look. The guy is he's been in the league. What this is his third season, right? Mm-hmm. So he's moving up the the. Uh, he's he's steadily improving. I'm not going to sit here and say that Daniel Jones has been just declining. He hasn't been. He's been steadily improving, but it hasn't been faster. It hasn't been Josh Allen improvement here. I've seen improvement from Daniel Jones. I've watched the games and I've seen the guy. You know, he makes some good passes. He's not the best quarterback out of that bunch. He's going to improve gradually. It's just a matter of whether or not the New York Giants are going to take the time to build a guy like Daniel Jones. He has to steadily, inch by inch, get better and better and better over time. And the Giants could have themselves a long-term franchise quarterback. He could be the next Eli Manning. He could be a guy that that has these two great seasons where he goes to the Super Bowl and blows up and gets hot at the right time. That could be the case, and I would be amazed if if that happened again for that franchise. But Daniel Jones, um, I think he, he has the ability to improve enough to be that, that top guy in the league if given the right amount of time, uh, just like any other quarterback. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that Daniel Jones, um, I for the Giants' sake anyway, I would like to see Daniel Jones do better. Um, hopefully he doesn't, you know, run for a touchdown, trip over his own feet again, but... <laughs> He's steadily getting better. All right. So I got the Washington football team going 3-13. and thir- three and 14. Youch. Fitzpatrick's not going to cut it. But I do, this, you can kind of add as a bold prediction, right? I'm, I'm going to stick with the fact that they're going to continue to have a top five defense. Yep. So they're going to they're gonna lose games, but they're not going to get, they just get blasted on. Their defense has been consistently good. 
Uh, and that's that's something that Washington, and it's kind of strange, to be honest with you, because they don't really have major playmakers over there. They've got a few, but they don't have, like, a ton. Um, weirdly good defensive team, just missing that that quarterback piece. And that's been the one thing. They've become kind of the Cleveland Browns in this situation where they, they go, okay, well, I've got um, – they had Alex Smith. Alex Smith went down, and now they're just searching for the next answer at quarterback, and they just – and it almost seems like they refuse to properly address the situation. It, 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 you, the, the problem is you don't have a QB over there, and then you're going to go out and pick Ryan Fitzpatrick and hope for the best. Washington, they could have gone after a quarterback this year. They could have. And they did. And I think we both thought they would. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't is mind boggling. Strange. Yeah. It's mind boggling. Even with their late draft pick, because they did make the playoffs last year. Even with the late draft pick, I thought they would go after it. And instead, they re signed Tyler Heineke, who actually realistically played really well in that playoff game that they were in. He did. I, well, and I understand you're saying, you know, it's one game. You know what? That guy played damn good ball against the best team in the league. And and he he looked like a star. He looked like a guy that got outdueled by Tom Brady against the best defense in the league. Yep, he did, and that's all it was. It was like the what? The, the defense did everything yeah. they could. It it looked if, like if Alex Smith was there, they could have won that. You, I think game. you might be talking about a different Super Bowl champion. Yeah. I, I I look at that like that game. Watching that game. It was almost like the equivalent of watching, like, and I'm not going to sit here and say Tyler Haneke is, is Peyton Manning, but it felt like watching Peyton Manning and Tom Brady duel it out, and Tom Brady just won the duel, you know, and that's that kind of was kind of how that 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 game felt because Tyler Haneke was playing good football, and and he's 27 years old, he's been in this league for a while, I feel like he's just kind of understanding the game a lot better, and suddenly he's hit somebody's radar. It's very well possible. Yep. And last in the division, also 13, thir- 3 and 14, is the Eagles. The Eagles. I think Hurts is going to have himself a rough time. I think he's going down. I think I think Jalen Hurts, he was way too talked about. People are way too big on him. You and I have talked about this. Generally speaking, running quarterbacks usually do not survive in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. Hertz is kind of going to be no different, I think. I think he's he's RG3 2.0 here. I, he's going to blow out his ACL. I'm waiting for it. And and when it happens, the Eagles are going to have themselves a really bad year. Yeah, because Hertz is going to get, he gets hit pretty nasty sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. And this could be me just being like wishful thinking. But like when I, when I, so I talk about running quarterbacks. I, I'll yeah. Go, I'll go, I, my team got, got one. Yeah. Um, it, it could be wishful thinking. Put, put me in my place if I'm wrong here, but I feel like. While Lamar does take some hits, he really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I'm gonna say about 75 percent of the time, he seems in control the way he lands. Though, yeah, he, a lot of times it's like getting pushed out of bounds, and he doesn't get like hit hit a lot per se. Yeah, a lot of times when he makes his runs, uh, a lot of times Lamar's runs go toward the sidelines. A lot of them are outside runs. He'll make, or if he's gonna make a big run for it, even when he's making a long, like the last year we saw him make a big long touchdown run. You remember that? He, yep. I mean, he was flying. And if you watched his trajectory, where he was angling, he was angling toward the bottom of our screen to get toward the sidelines. You know, 
He makes that move. You you always kind of know when it's going to be if, if he's if he's running in the middle. Yep. You, even though you can't twist the screen, like oh, this is going to be a big thirty yard run because if he's in the middle still, he knows he's got another twenty yards until he needs to get out. <clears throat> yep. And and he makes that move, and and he always makes it a point to like I said, get toward the sideline yeah. so he's not taking that and, major. And thing. yes, he still gets hit more than your pocket passer. Yep. But he seems more in control of the way he goes down yeah. than say Hertz does. Right. Or even Vic. Yeah. Yeah, Vic used to get blasted too, and a lot of times Mike Vic would get hurt. So I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think Lamar is is a prolific type of quarterback in this situation, but as far as Hurts goes, he's just that kind of guy that's going to get pounded, and I'm yeah. expecting that. And and the Giants defense, the Giants and the Washington Redskins right now, they actually have some pretty strong defensive starters over there. I'm I'm expecting this guy to get blasted for at least four mm-hmm. games, um, but we're going to find out. And it's not like the Cowboys have a great defense, but even they have some hard hitters on that team. Yes. So it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> so through the East, just the Cowboys go to the playoffs. Yeah. Have you, have you noticed a trend here? Yeah, I, I've noticed we've got no wildcard teams yet. you got four teams. For you, all four getting in? All four from the NFC West. NFC West. All four. Oh, my God. Winning division and the number two seed, the Rams. 14 and 3. Okay. Number 5 seed, second in the division at 13 and 4, the Cardinals. Okay. Number 6 seed, going 12 and 5, the Seahawks. Uh-huh. And number 7 seed winning winning a duel of tiebreakers at 9 and 9 and 8, the 49ers. I'm surprised. I, I am and I'm not, because I know you got a hard-on for Trey Lance. I believe he starts game one. Really? You think he's going to beat I think Garoppolo was so bad last year Yeah, that they're, they're just going to put him in game one. Right. Um, so, well, okay. I, I can see the Rams um, winning the division. I believe in that. Um, I, I think, and I can see the Cardinals outdoing out Seattle. I can see, or, or yeah, I can see that, and I can see Seattle. They, Seattle is kind of that team that he's kind of the three quarters up up the tier team uh, as far as the the West goes. Uh, they're and as far as the NFC in general goes, they're they're a contender, but they're not Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? They're a playoff contender though. I, the Cardinals obviously are on the rise. Kyler Murray, they just missed the playoffs last year. I think the Cardinals getting into the playoffs is going to be, you know, it, it now it's playoff time for them. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And they've got a lot of good players on that football team. That That's going to be a good one. Kyler Murray's going to have to be the guy, though. He's going to have to show up every game. It can't be this losing record situation or this barely, this 9-7 and seven situation. It's got to be, you know, double-digit wins, get me into the playoffs. I got him at 13-4. and four. Yeah. He's going to have to to be the guy, though. Now, the Niners, uh, I, I have questions about, okay, Jimmy G, obviously, a lot of people, for whatever reason, I don't understand why everybody's still so high on Jimmy G right now. Uh, he has shown, like, okay, yeah, he made it to a bowl. I get it. But he's shown that beyond that bowl, eh. You know, beyond that one year, Jimmy G is, eh, okay, you know. He, he's like in terms of going to the bowl, he's showing. I'm going. I'm going to use a, a form. I'm going to use a former Raven if, as an example here, because mm-hmm. I think I think it's relevant here. Um, 
He's shown to be less like Flacco, more like Brad Johnson. Yeah. One time go, because Flacco's actually had like a successful career, w- winning seasons, yada, right, yada, right, yada. Right. Brad Johnson's got the one thing to hang his hat on, and other than that, that, it's who are you. Yeah. And yeah. I think Jimmy G's a lot more that you went once, cool, but what else did you do? Yeah, and and what have you done? What have you done for me lately? And he hasn't he hasn't really shown that that he's a consistent quarterback. I think you know having that one good year, ooh, and then falling off the the cliff is what we've seen from Jimmy G. People are way too high on him. I agree with you. I think uh, that I, I I don't think he starts week one, but I do think Trey Lance is going to wind up coming. I think in. they were so bad that they're not even going to trust Jimmy G. And, uh, well, they were bad last year because Jimmy G was hurt. Nick Mullins did come in um, for about, well, I think it was in week six or seven, Nick Mullins was in the game uh, because Jimmy G was hurt. So I think Jimmy G does get the start, and I do think he goes probably four, five, six games before Trey Lance comes trotting on the field. But I don't buy um, the idea of them getting a winning record, and I don't buy the idea of them making the playoffs. I think this team, even though they have a good they have a good defense. Uh, they they have lost a couple of pieces on that defense as far as uh, the corner position goes. Mm-hmm. Um, they have lost a couple of linebackers. They have a good front four. On offense is the problem. You don't truly have a true number one over there. As much as I like Debo Samuel, they do him in a lot of trick plays and things like that. Debo Samuel hasn't been utilized in the way that he should be utilized. He's also hurt a lot last year, too. Yep. But, Brand, but in the in those times when he's in games, you often see him on reverses. And, oh, I'm going to hand it off to – I'm going to fake the handoff here and then toss it to Debo. Or I'm going to – you know, he's the trick play guy. You know, he's like a gadget player. And I like Brandon Ayuk, too, but I don't feel like Ayuk is a true number one receiver. I feel like he's a, a glorified number two that they're using as a number one. And if George Kittle can stay healthy, great, but George Kittle hasn't been healthy for two years. So so here's where we are with the Niners. I feel like their offense is the problem, and and they have a really good defense, but and the offense is the issue. And then also, can Raheem Mostert stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Because when he's playing good ball... The Niners look great. Can he stay healthy? There's questions there. 100%. And, and I think that, that well, I, I've got him kind of in that same range, I believe, if I wasn't mistaken. I think I had him in sort of the same range. But I think the Niners are going to wind up with a losing record, and I do think they miss out of the playoffs. I think it's ballsy to say that all four of those teams are going to make the playoffs um, from the West. But it could happen. It just depends on, on what you see from, from San Fran in this situation. So on the NFC side, number one seed, you have the Bucks, two the Rams, three the Vikings, four the Cowboys, mm-hmm. five Cardinals, six Seahawks, seven Forty ers Yep. So I made a comment very early on. I said, um, there's a certain things gonna make the NFC side very interesting. Yeah. And that's having all four teams in. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing that I live by when it comes to certain games? Divisional games are always tougher. Which makes the NFC playoffs Wild very, AF. Very, very, very fun. Because at any point, Niners could go and beat the Rams if the matchup goes that way. And they've done it. Because division games, they play each other harder. Yep. And they've it's done just it. what they, it is. They've done it with Nick Mullins, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, round one. On the AFC side, you got, you got Ravens and Chargers. I think it'll be a nice, heavy-hitting matchup. I, I do think the Ravens <clears> come out on that one. Yes. You got Colts and Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to knock off the Colts. The Colts there. Yep. And your game of the week is going to be the Browns and the Bills. 
Yep. I think the Bills get the job done. I th- I do. I think the, the Bills get it. NFC side, you have the Rams and the Niners. Oh boy. The Rams get the job done. Yeah. Get four. They're they're in they're they're in full playoff mode. Let's go. Yep. Then you got Vikings and the Seahawks. The Vikings will go over the Seahawks there. Wow. All right. And and it is in Minnesota too. Yes, that would, that yeah. would be in Minnesota yeah. at home. So if it was flip flopped, I probably would pick pick Seahawks. Yeah. And then you got Cards and Cowboys. I got the Cards winning there. Yeah, that that's good. That would actually be kind of the game of the week as far as the NFC side goes. Um, if if that's how it goes, uh, Cardinals and Cowboys would be a fun game, and that would be in Dallas. Um, but I, I, yeah, it would be a tough one. But the Cards, I, I would go with you there. Divisional round, you got the Ravens, who because of how it went, would be the lowest remaining seed. Uh-huh. Must travel back. This is turning just a rivalry at this point. They travel back to Tennessee. Yeah, these guys, it seems like they meet every year in the playoffs. And for anyone who doesn't remember, they used to be division rivals. Yes. Back in the old Central mm-hmm. days. I got the Ravens knocking off the Titans. Wow. Um, the reason being here, and, and I, I've seen a couple of your bold predictions, I, I think the change out for Julio and uh, Corey Davis is going to be minimal. Corey Davis has been a 1,000-year receiver. So it could be a, an improvement, but it's not going to be this over-the-top improvement. Right. So you know what I mean? Like you're replacing a thousand yard receiver. Those like yeah, it's not. It's like you're replacing garbage, and you got all of a sudden you got Julio. Yeah, and it's not me saying Julio's garbage either. It's like you're replacing a good receiver already. Yeah, you you got a good receiver. You're yeah. replacing him with a good receiver. Chiefs and Bills with the Chiefs going over. Yeah, like if it goes this way, like Chiefs and Bills and t- Titans and Ravens, that's looking like a, like holy holy hell type of games going that, on. Yeah, that is one. Um, Chiefs going over. Mm-hmm. Going back to the NFC side. Rams and Vikings. This is where the, the Vikings meet in their demise. I think the Rams move ahead on this one. Wow. Which you, you had the Rams going to the Super Bowl. I had the Rams beating the Vikings in the NFC title game. Yeah. You know, they so. happen to happen to meet here. Yes. They have the Cardinals traveling to Tampa Bay. Oh, that'll be a fun one. And pulling the wow. upset. Wow. Wow. Cardinals going to the NFC title game. Which gets interesting because now you have a We'll start in the NFC side, because in the NFC side, which doesn't happen often, yep. you have a division game in the NFC Championship. Yes. Cardinals at Rams. Mm-hmm. And division games get weird, Yeah, and it gets weird. Cardinals for the win. Going Cardinals in the bowl. On the last play of the game. Wow. Ravens at Chiefs. I hate doing this. <sighs> As many times we've done, we've done predictions, I've never ever had um gone the way of picking my boys. Yep. But I think if it, uh, they're going to lose in week three of the Chiefs. There's going to be it's going to be a long long talk that week. Just like the Ravens and Chiefs, Ravens can't beat them. Yep. And it happens. Yeah, the Ravens top them. It happens when it really matters in the playoffs. Ravens go to the ball. Yep. And I think it's that key NFC matchup. To where I would be picking the Rams over the Ravens, but division voodoo happens, and the Cardinals are going. Lamar versus Kyler is going to be a hell of a story. It'll be a hell of a story, but I think you got your Ravens. And I, in, yeah. in, in that situation, I, I, I picked the Ravens. You fucking Homer. I've never picked him going this <laughs> so before. So remember, I was saying how I, I changed it around a bit. Mm-hmm. I had it as uh, Rams Titans. Wow, so we were in the same boat. I had it Rams-Titans, and then yeah. once I shifted things around, like, wait a second, nope, Think, no, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, we, we were in the same boat then, Rams-Titans. Yeah. 
Um, so that is so you got the Ravens winning the bowl. And it's not far fetched. Like if you're picking five no. teams, I think Ravens are one of them. There that, that would be a yeah because they they've made massive improvements. Like Bateman's going to be a, a huge difference maker. Yeah, it'll be a change because he because he's a different type of receiver. You didn't draft another uh, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood yeah. Brown, and I think you're you're getting a chain mover as a receiver. No, no offense to Mark Andrews, but Mark Andrews is going to serve as a great compliment to Bateman. Yeah, he's and a now tight end, though. this allows Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins to just run for the hills. Yeah, you guys, you guys have a, a really nice receiving core there. Now, if if they can't pull it off, I'm not saying like yes, they're they're a Super Bowl or nothing. Like, they're they're a good enough team like to make it. If, to the if bowl, you don't yeah. win the bowl, it's a disappointment. Yeah, but if your if your passing game is not massively improved, you have. Major issues to be talking yeah. about. If they, if their passing game isn't isn't majorly improved, I, I even then I, I still think they're a playoff team. I still think you know they they move into that that discussion. Uh, Bateman is the big changer there, though. I but think. if you if you're not massively improved, um, you still re-sign Lamar. But what that number looks like could be very different. Yeah, it would be very very different. Now um, we have ten bold predictions coming in here, um, and and I'm excited for it. I, I'm I'm. This is, this is going to be a good time. Uh, so for for this segment, like I said, take it to the bank. Uh, I, I'm going to say take it to the bank, Tyler. Here's my prediction number one. Aaron Rodgers, he will be traded before the beginning of the season. He has played his last game as a Packer. That's the big prediction. I don't think it's that bold, but... But if he does play for the Packers, the Packers will still not win the North. The Minnesota Vikings will still win the NFC North. Now that's bold. Because <laughs> if, if he plays, I have Aaron Rodgers win, mm. and the Packers win the division. Yep. So I, I wanted to make sure. Not by, mu- not yeah. by much. Yeah. I'm going to be half right on this in, in some sort of situation. I will. I, I, and that, I, I, maybe it's a 10 yard completion as opposed to. <laughs> okay. Now, here's the thing the Minnesota Vikings, they will win the NFC North and will at least. At least go to the NFC title game. If they do go to the Super Bowl, if they do wind up going, they win the bowl. That's bold because I don't. I I view the Vikings being if the Vikings were the AFC, they'd be the fifth best team, in my opinion. Mm. So that'd be bold to me. They'd be pulling off the upset. Yep. Now, additionally, Harrison Smith and before the the off seasons end here, Harrison Smith and Brian O'Neill will receive their extensions, which will allow them, and they will. They will go out and sign either a big-name right end or a big-name wide receiver number three before the season begins. That's okay. my my Viking stuff. Number three, the Buffalo Bills will regress and will have legitimate competition with the New England Patriots for the division. Hmm. Teams will recognize the lack of a running game uh, and will handle their offense in the same fashion that the Chiefs handled them in the playoffs last year. They'll win the division, but wind up with the three or four seed barely edging out the Patriots. Okay. I'll say within one game. Hmm. Putting a lot of stock in the Pats there. Yep, yep, I am. A lot of players coming back for that team. Uh, there will be a tie in the NFC West with three teams going to the playoffs, not four. Crazy <laughs> son of a bitch. All three of those teams will be 13-4, and four, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Rams, and the only thing separating them will be things like divisional wins or even as far as points. So we're talking divisional wins here separating seeding in the playoffs. See, I, I have two games separating those those three, so yep. like we're, not, we're not far off yep. on that. The Cleveland Browns offense 
will flounder with Odell Beckham returning to the fold, and Odell will become trade bait by the trade deadline. I think he goes on the block. That's not that bold. Uh, really? Odell Beckham? They were floundering before he got hurt. Odell Beckham going on the block? Week 8? Mm. I'm thinking more he gets benched. Think Really? He's not good when they're, they're not good when he's in the field. Man. Um, Ryan Tannehill, he's going to set career highs in passing attempts, completions, and passing yards in 2021 while Julio Jones overtakes A.J. Brown as the number one receiver in Tennessee. The overtakes is the bold part. Yeah, well, buddy. The, the, the career high in passing attempts is kind of bold, too. I think that's bold because they had Julio Jones. We're, we're saying basically that Jones and Davis are one for one, right? And here's the thing about it. Tannehill has been dealing with a power run team that has been led by that fucking freight train for the last three seasons. So I think Tannehill sets career highs in passing attempts, completions, and passing yards, which is tough to do when you've got the freight train there. Okay. Um, but if, if, I really, truly believe that Julio Jones is is going to be a difference maker. And I still think, to me, Julio Jones is maybe a pinch above Corey Davis. No, it, it's more than a pinch. It's more than a pinch. Yeah. But I, I think my, he's, my, my point was you're not you're not replacing a lack of a two. You're right. There was a two there. Right. I, now you have two number ones. Yes. That That's what it is. Because I always viewed Corey Davis as a high-end two, low-end yeah. one. Right. Now you got two high-end ones. Right. Now, next up, Jimmy Garoppolo will be benched by the trade deadline and Trey Lance will emerge as the starting quarterback for the Niners. Jimmy G will then be placed on the trade block before the deadline. Trey Lance will be considered for the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I got him starting game one and winning Offensive Rookie of the Year in a landslide. That's ballsy. You really like Trey Lance a lot. You're big on him. I think the difference is going to be that Jets doesn't got enough of a team to really um, make Wilson look Successful in his first year, and the same thing goes for Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. To, Lawrence is a better player than Trey Lance. He but is. Trey Lance is a better team to make a run to get that award, even given the receiver situation. Yes, because I think DJ Chark is better than both Ayuk and Debo Samuel at this point for what the Niners are using them for. And that very well could be, but yeah. I think there's other parts of the team that are going to hold the Jacksonville back. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs' new offensive line will flounder, and Clyde edwards hair will have a worse season than last year statistically. Additionally, and which is tough, because Clyde edwards hair you remember he had about 860 yards last season. Additionally, Mahomes will be sacked more times than he has been sacked so far and will suffer a late-season injury because of it. I hmm. hate to wish injury on anybody, but I believe that, that that offensive line... Now, hear me out. A lot of people are excited about this offensive line. They're losing their minds about it. But look, we had Mike Remmers in in Minnesota. He's not good. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, I I look at so, and now, now you hear Kyle Long getting hurt. This this is going to be a bad thing for the Chiefs. It very well could be. Mahomes is going to get pounded. Outside the injury, I hope you're right. But. Yeah, but I, I Mahomes Mahomes is going to get pounded. Uh, Next up, the Ravens cornerback Jimmy Smith will have a career resurgence in the upcoming season. The Ravens, however, will not retain his services uh, after the season, and he will promptly retire. He'll be one of the best corners in the league. Um, I could see the first part, but if that were to happen, I think the Ravens will continue this one-year contract thing with him. It, it, It is a possibility, but I think they let him walk. I think he becomes cap casualty 
because Lamar is going to be taking up a lot more of that yeah, cap space. The, the, the Lamar contract is going, to, is going to make some ways for them for sure. Right. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys will have the highest scoring offense in the NFC. Additionally, they'll have still post a losing record and will lose the division to the Tyler Heineke-led Washington football team, who will make the playoffs, posting a 9-7 and record. I can't see it. That's bold as hell. Tyler Heineke. I, I think even it. you and your and your season predictions had had Dallas win the division at, at double digit wins. Yep, I did. I, I think I I believe Tyler Heineke. Um, I I really do believe in in what that guy did, and I I see um, I see a, a big thing going on there. Now that number eleven, I wrote one name there, and and that was my number two. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, like if I didn't pick Diggs, it was yep. him. I wrote one name there. And this is the guy, and it's maybe it's just me being a homer, but I really believe in this kid. 1,400 yards in his rookie season, broke the rookie receiving record. Justin Jefferson, if there's anybody that's going to break that record with the way he played, and that's, that's with him barely being used for the first three games of the year he put up 1,400 yards. Justin Jefferson. He was my second choice. Will break that record. If there's anybody that I believe can do it, it's that kid. I believe he will break that Calvin Johnson record, that receiving yardage record. And I will I will challenge your Stefan Diggs prediction because uh, I believe that he can. He's he's that good. And and people when when I I was amazed that he didn't win offensive rookie of the year this last year. I couldn't believe that Justin Herbert did as good as Herbert played. I felt like Justin Jefferson played way better. Um, and, and there's a reason why he's, he's so revered. He got snubbed badly. See, I still think Herbert won it accurately. And because Herbert had such a great year, arguably one of the best rookie seasons of all time by a quarterback or one of, Mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to, to give it to Jefferson, even though Jefferson was the greatest rookie performance of all time. Right. But because a quarterback was so close to also doing the, taking all the quarterback records that are, are very hard to beat. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with where they went, but Jefferson was right on his tail. Yeah, I, I uh, and and you know I I agree. Like if if Herbert would be my number two in that situation, but I, I and I because Herbert too, also did it um, missing a couple games too. Right. So Jefferson played in in such a fashion that I just I can't get over how great he is, and and I think he's in for a nice long big time career. You're going to see a huge season out of him if there's anybody. That's going to break that record. If that does get broken this year with a 17-game season, Justin Jefferson's the guy. You very well could. Yeah. So those are my list of bold predictions. And I, I think that they're, all by, albeit a little long-winded, very good predictions. <laughs> I think everyone kind of expects long-winded of you no matter what. Fuck yeah. That's what we do around here. So that is what we have. That's all we got for the outside blitz. Those are my bold predictions. Take it to the bank, baby. That's where it's at. Um, moving into, uh, we got two weeks from now, we're going to be getting to the news and stuff around the league. We're going to be, uh, talking about maybe some way too early draft stuff. We're going to be talking about, um, uh, the upcoming season, things going on around the league, trades, all the moves, OTA stuff. We're going to be talking about more Twitter stuff because guess what? These motherfuckers love Twitter around here. And TikTok. And TikTok. TikTok. Unreal. We like posting weird videos on Twitter and TikTok, apparently. That's that's the new thing. I don't understand it, Tyler. I just don't. 
Um, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. If you get a chance, please check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook, or you can check it out at iytmassage.com. Um, and, and get a, get a freaking massage. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? Not in a while. You need a massage. Hell, I need a massage. I haven't even got one. Um, I haven't gotten one since January. Uh, so I need a massage. So, uh, we got that. And then, um, yeah, as far as, uh, we, we also want to give a shout out to, uh, the filthy, dirty, dirty Chagnon, my fellow, uh, co-host over at, I didn't think you could hear us, our podcast over on Apple iTunes. Uh, we're doing that one pretty consistently. And uh, also, please check out our buddy over at Cannibal Run, the, the Alex Steele with uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. Um, he is doing pretty well with that, actually, recently. Him and his, his brother, Andrew, uh, they're jumping in on all that stuff with their, their gaming page. So check that out at uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. And uh, Tyler, that's all we got for today, man. It's a good, good show. Time. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. I'm excited. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time in a couple of weeks here, right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.